Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Keenan Bonner. And that is it for this week. Sean hasn't given me a reason. Uh, may become clear when I tell you the films we're about to do. Jack tells me he was too busy, so uh, make of that what you will. Keenan, a lot of pressure on you this week. We've had a kind of a downturn of energy the last two weeks. I think most of everyone's energy was expended on England. That is over now. Didn't get the result we wanted, but... Uh, it's time to pump things back up here. Movie Madness can bring the joy to the nation that uh, the national team weren't able to. So uh, the pressure is on. A very depressing way to start that pod. Well, it is, but... Uh, if, you want big en- if you don't want big energy, go positive. If you don't go negative. Well, look, the We're now climbing we back it, up the hill. We referenced it last week, so I felt we kind of had to acknowledge it again. Um, I mean... Last week, I literally had to put an apology in the description of the pod and say, like, this is the reason. So, uh, uh, sorry. Um, the matchup we will be getting into today is 2018's Avengers Infinity War versus 2009's Zombieland. 2018? Yeah. Feels uh, a lot longer than that, right? Well, this is usually where I ask, how is everyone doing today? But I'll ask you, how are you doing today? <sighs> hot it is disgustingly hot, hot. yeah it, it's worse because it keeps kind of fading away and mm. then you think we're past it and then it just makes a horrible return i'm also not a fan of the fact that the sun didn't come out till like four o'clock <laughs> yes uh they kind of they have got rid of leather seats on the bus i have home which is a plus so it's kind of somewhere in between now but the old stagecoach gold yeah well they've taken the thing that they do on like london buses where they just yell out which stock you're at now as if your eyes don't work. Mm, or just nice. any blind people there. I suppose it could be for that reason. I just, but, I'd imagine so. But yeah, like, when you try, especially in the morning, it's just so violating for your ears <laughs> when uh, you're trying to get on with things. But there we go. If we start with Avengers, that is the highest seed in the bracket. The synopsis for those that don't know. The Avengers and their allies must be willing to sacrifice all in an attempt to defeat the powerful Thanos before his blitz of devastation and ruin puts an end to the universe. Did you watch this at the cinema or not? Yes. I was trying to think of this the other day and I couldn't it, remember for the life of it. Endgame you didn't. I feel like there was a, a film that you hadn't, you didn't watch at the cinema. but Endgame, to... I've, Endgame I'm sure I just watched on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I think that might be it. I, um, I don't think I saw that right away, like, at all. Wait, no, it might have been Disney. It might have been around the time Disney Plus was a thing. Yeah. The Endgame was coming out. Certainly would have been coming out on uh, under their streaming platform pretty soon after it went up. Did I, I, I might have come to Gloucester to watch this. I'm not sure. I watched it at, actually, Infinity War. Um, did I watch Infinity War? This is, this is a bad look if I did watch it with you. I've been, I've been to Gloucester Cinema exactly <laughs> once once in my life. It was me, you, Goth, and someone else. This is somehow ringing a bell now, but I feel like I watched it in Cheltenham after work. 
Okay, um, maybe it wasn't Infinity War. I can't remember what. I've only ever been out there once, and I don't know what we watched. I was trying to think of it the other day. Who did I watch it with? No, I didn't watch it with you. Okay. Um, but the point I was going to make before we even get into the critics' reviews, uh, and it's something that we've referred to a couple of times across the last few weeks, and this did have that genuine blockbuster feel when it came out. This was one like you had to see. This was hyped for so long. Yeah. Like, no, I know, obviously, they were building towards this with the other whole Marvel Universe, but, I mean, actually, once they'd released every other film, the promo for, excuse me, the promo for this film alone went on forever. Do you remember they released it? They released the promos in, like, tiny little clips. Yeah, well, it took 18 films to get to this stage. Yeah, I I mean, after film number 17, right? So after whatever was before came out, the, the actual build-up solely for this film went on for... I swear to God, it went on for about 18 months. Um, yeah, I can certainly remember how big it was, and we kind of had it drip-fed almost in that, I would say, I think the couple before it came out were Black Panther, Thor Ragnarok, and it been something else. Um, but we knew that essentially we were just getting closer to Infinity War and that this was where kind of shit was going to go down. Yeah, this is where it was all going. This is where it was all, all leading to, on it? Yeah. Um, so the critics' reviews, do I even need to ask how you think how you think they were? Presumably they're just stellar. Pretty much, yeah. Um Infinity War. So Infinity War was 2018. 2017, we had four Marvel films. Wow. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, which was where we really got um, the first full Tom Holland film after we, he appeared in Civil War. Then we had Thor Ragnarok, then Black Panther, then Infinity War. Big year for, big year for Marvel, 2017. Well, it's obviously died down a bit since uh, Infinity War and Endgame, but it was pretty much from about 2013 onwards, they were giving you at least two films a year. Mm. And we'll get into a bit later kind of how things have gone uh, since then. But critics' reviews more than any other Marvel movie in their 10 year history, this film carries a legitimate edge of peril that most don't have. It's stuffed full of characters, plot lines, and information, and it could have easily become a jumbled mess of overstimulation. Yet the Russo brothers keep everything moving, interesting, and most importantly, coherent. While it is quite clearly the first part of the planned pairing, Avengers Infinity War is a huge achievement in a franchise that has unquestionably redefined the cinematic landscape. Mm, I'll let you let the people at home decide uh, whether that's a good or a bad thing. (laughs) Uh, Avengers Infinity War will rip your heart out over and over, but you will beg for more. With a cast this big, it could easily have been a mess, but it was anything but finally filled with emotion thrilling action great character dynamics dark themes and an incredible ending avengers infinity war is simply one of the best marvel films to date it certainly has kind of redefined the cinematic landscape i don't disagree with that at all it's kind of filled a void in terms of event cinematic events and the the marvel films are really the ones you do feel like you need to see um I think I've heard people say before they knew that when they were getting excited for Ant-Man to be released, they were like, Marvel have done their thing. But I felt like we shouldn't be this excited for a film 
about Paul Rudd as an ant, but it's no, just I get the it. Marvel I, Universe does that to you. Yeah, we, we've we've got different opinions on it. Blimey, I thought you were I thought you were all in. I love the films. I just it's hard. It's very hard to describe. It's a complex range of emotions. I love the films as films, but I feel like we've said on the pod before. I think this because it's done so so well. I think it's taken something out of cinema. Uh, it's hard to what do you mean? Because they are good films. Well, now, now, these are these are what this is what studios want, right? Okay, this, yeah. this is what what studio this is what studios want. These are the films that will be made because they're guaranteed to make money. I'm saying this as a negative. Will I go and watch each of them in the cinema? More than likely. Will I enjoy them? They're, probably. So, so what do you mean? Like there's, there's less risk taking because yeah. they know that. Yeah, and there's less. Joe, you know, there's less less of a difference. Le- it, it, it's everything's concentric and and safe. I think it, it, it's because safe is the word. And I understand it because cinema is cinema is an industry and actual cinemas and stuff it is slowly being penned back and pegged back and caught up by streaming services and so on so i understand that i understand the reasonings behind it i obviously quite quite obviously don't control a hundred million dollar studio or what but just think as it becomes safe and centric it just i don't know i feel like cinema's lost something do you really see it do you see a tarantino or maybe maybe i'm wrong but do you see someone like a tarantino that story coming now someone taking the risk on on that sort of film i think i think there certainly is the space for it to happen the the issue now and i mean this could be a whole other podcast is how quickly your film can be judged before it's even released and so i think half of it is that the marble tag in front of it does give you a certain level of safety as you kind of referred to there but when you say safe and i don't think this is what you mean that does make it seem like it's a lot easier than it is because the DC don't have the same success as Marvel and they should when they're essentially putting superheroes and explosions together and that kind of thing. Um, but DC did for a time with Batman. So that's down to the quality of the well, film. And I'm not They've detracting. been more uh, kind of in a pocket, the DC films of late. And the ones, the previous Batman ones that were having success weren't in the same formula as yeah. these Marvel ones. But that feeds to the quality of the film, right? And I'm not, I'm not like I say, I know it sounds like I'm, I'm not a fan of these films. I love the Marvel films, no, you know that. I, I do. And I think you are right, yeah, it's not guaranteed, but it, it is it's I safe. Feel like there's a reason that uh, Avengers is more successful than uh, Justice League, for example. Like, they're doing a lot more right, and they probably took some risks to begin with to then guarantee the safety that you refer to now because now that they have this kind of safety which i do agree with they then got into tv and then they're kind of doing something different there and so on and so on and so on so i don't think they're they're prepared to kind of rest on their laurels no and again it's just it's not their issue it's really like marvel and studios that make it's not their problem disney as it is now it's not their problem at all they've found a way to make it they found a way to make it work make good films and make great money well done does and that sounds sarcastic but well done you've done everything yeah. that you should do as as a film studio you make good films you're making good money you are making people happy brilliant i just think when i think about it and you think i don't know it's like i say it's very complex and hard to describe maybe i'm better writing it down um well, even in a world think, where uh, 
they are making this level of money. This film still stood out among the rest. I mean, to start with the trivia, this was the fourth film ever to gross over two billion worldwide. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the other three were? Avatar. Yeah. There's one that usually goes hand in hand with Avatar when it comes to breaking records. Titanic. Yeah. And do you know the other one? Hold on. I feel like, would I? I don't think it's a stupid question if it grossed two billion, but would I have definitely have seen this film? I don't think you'd have seen it, but you'd be in the minority for having not seen it. Ooh. Is it like one of the Star Wars or something? Yeah, like yes. Yeah, it's, it's the first rehash of Star Wars. Um, oh, no, you're right. Force I haven't Awakens. seen it. Oh, I haven't um, seen it. J.J. Abrams taking over. So, yeah, they're the four films at that time to gross over two billion. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm near certain Endgame will have passed that. So uh, I, I presume that just that's got to be like yeah. the film that's made the most money ever, right? I think it's gone back to Avatar. Huh. James Cameron doing the dance. Yeah, his, that's just got a life of its own. Like, I'm not convinced there isn't some like money laundering going through Avatar because... The fact I don't get that it. Kind of pumping up. Like I don't know who's still kind of paying the money to like go in and keep keep going. I don't get it. I don't. At least with this, it makes. <clears throat> excuse me. At least with this, it makes sense. But yeah, they do a lot to keep it like right in your face. Like yeah. But it, no, not even that. But the fact that people would still be doing it. Yeah. After still putting money into it and making it making money after this time. Don't understand who is willingly giving money to Avatar at this point. I don't, I don't know. Uh, uh, you can see our opinion on that by the fact it is the biggest upset of this bracket so far. The number one seed and was eliminated in week one by True Romance. But there isn't much trivia for this film, which may shock you a little bit, but I guess the trivia for a lot of the characters was sprinkled previously in the other films. And I'll be honest, I haven't gone back to uh, the trivia of Iron Man 1 to see if I can figure <laughs> something out. Um. So Tom Holland was actually not allowed to read the script for this movie um, until he got there because he revealed too many secrets to Spider-Man Homecoming and they just weren't prepared to take that risk again. Um, Him and Mark Ruffalo actually had both revealed secrets previously, but I think Mark Ruffalo holds a bit more clout. Um, The name Thanos is a short form of the Greek name Thanasos, which means death in Greek. Uh, Josh Brolin acted in this movie with a foam headpiece that was the size of Thanos's head uh, with a camera on his face for the visual effects. He also had to wear various foam parts depending on what the scene was so other actors and actresses didn't get too close to his real body for when they were going to add the effects in later and his scale could be retained. I'm sure it's not. But when you say it like that, it sounds really low-tech. Like weirdly low like almost like <laughs> yeah. funny funnily low tech like what the f- like imagine josh brown turned up and I'm like yeah there you go mate it's like poly- like polystyrene it's head literally um, just got kind of some elements of his face that they've kind of put into the character the rest is literally an effect isn't it so yeah pretty much they just need to gather what his reactions are and make sure there isn't like spider-man stood within half a foot of him when he's meant to be like a tank um the filmmakers thought it was important to remind viewers what each stone does and show it visually, which is why when Thanos obtains a stone, he usually employs it immediately in the next scene. Just uh, for anyone out there that they think may have forgotten. Yeah, fair. I mean, it's a long build-up because yeah. obviously the first, fair, the first, 
what's the first one that comes into it? The first, it doesn't come into effect till the so, Avengers, does it? With the, uh, the so, well, with Thanos, he actually appeared or was alluded to five times in the Marvel Universe before this film, mainly in uh, post-credit scenes. Mm-hmm. You hear that lawnmower by me, by the way? I don't know if it's driving people mental listening. Oh, I can't hear it now. That's all right then. Um, yeah, mainly in post-credit scenes, uh, but he's alluded to in the first Avengers film when it's the fact that he sent Loki there um, to kind of have the attack on New York. Um, he's in the Guardians of the Galaxy post-credit scenes. He's in one of the four post-credit scenes. He's essentially sprinkled throughout, so mm-hmm. you're not giving too much. But you knew you knew he he was coming, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. um, which I think. Sorry, I was going to say, I think for yeah. some, it, the way they do it makes that work. Because they could have, they could have sort of, if they'd have done it poorly, it sort of would have taken a lot, a lot away from it. But they, it's just a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more until you'd be waiting for him to, to, to come on screen. Yeah. Well, I remember uh, when X Men Apocalypse came out, and mm. I didn't dislike this as much as a lot of others, but oh, I don't mind it. It wasn't well received in the main part, but. The whole thing with that was they had a, what, two and a bit hour film where they had to introduce a character, tell you he's the most powerful villain they're ever going to face. Yeah. And have him killed off within two and a bit hours. So there's very little time to show how powerful this guy is and to have any real expectation because the way this was done was almost like you're going into a Bond film, like, you know, there's going to be a villain. Mm-hmm. you know that they're going to have to kind of get to the bottom of it. Marvel, perhaps to their detriment of the ending in this one, although it's very hard to keep things secret, did you did know there was a second part coming, so yeah. there was going to be some kind of cliffhanger. But it almost went the opposite way with this. Like You knew it was going to be all wrapped up within this two-hour, 27-minute film, so you don't yeah. have the same expectation going in this. We have quite literally, even if just our subconscious has heard the name Thanos, across the 18 films prior that does something so when you see him on screen it's like yeah okay here we go no um, yeah definitely i don't know if it's just because of olivia money and that x-men film charmed me but i actually quite like the x-men films so oh, i do i yeah lo- i actually i like them all yeah same um, like going all going to way back when i haven't actually seen dark phoenix but it's only it's because it's kind of like Jessica Jones, like once seen. you know this, once you know the season's been cancelled, like what's the point? Yeah, it's the only one I've so that seen. That was kind of actually. what I felt. Um, so Thanos was originally going to walk through a river of his victims' blood during the Soul Stone sequence, but mm. Marvel thought it would be a bit too dark. Mm, probably a good call. If you want to, sorry, sorry, I was going to say it's a strange, it's a strange line to tell, isn't it? Yeah, because <laughs> this is a guy whose literal goal is to kill half of the universe. But you have to do it in a way that's friendly enough for families and that they can still sell all the merchandise. But there were some countries that like blur the scene where they Thanos with Strange and Iron Man and Quill mm. just because Quill puts his middle finger up. Like in some countries, they blur that scene because that's deemed too offensive. So I can see kind of. No, I'm saying the Rivers of Blood is definitely taking that out. It's probably a good shout because. I don't think in America or Europe you get quite the same rating for it, but it's a strange, um, it's a strange line because, like I say, the, yeah. it's not, it's not like his explicit goal 
like from the yeah, off, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm gonna kill fifty percent. I'm gonna kill fifty percent of people. Well, we, oh, we saw when we did um, Kill Bill in the last bracket, didn't we? Where mm. just how much a bit of blood can affect your rating, and the fact that they had to put an entire scene in black and white. Yeah, because the blood was apparently what made it too much. Like they could slash people in half, but the blood yeah. was what was the issue. So very strange. Um, if you ever questioned Robert Downey Jr.'s kind of status on the set here and his power, he requested all of the furniture from his house in Los Angeles to be shipped to the filming location in Atlanta and set up in the, uh, I guess whatever home he'd been put in and the studio did uh, comply with that so essentially just shipped the inside of his house cross state to another so, one so big time yeah it's just i just don't even think it's needed like, <laughs> no g- g- genuinely like what do you need your own dining room table for a table's a table well it's yeah like i sort of get say... maybe take the playstation with your if you've got if you've got a favourite chair at home that's really comfortable and you paid a lot of money for, yeah, maybe I get sort of sort of get on board with that. But do you know what I mean? Your chest of drawers, come on, mate. This isn't even like if he's going there for you'd imagine months at a time, mm. and everyone said before I've missed my own bed kind of thing. It's not even like he's just not just asked for his mattress; like he's literally asked for the frame as well, all his furniture. Yeah, bit much that, but. Maybe you just wanted to see how powerful he was. Yeah, maybe it was just a flex, <laughs> just to say, look, I've got I've got people running across the country for me. Yeah, um, that would be a pain putting it back as well because it's not going to be put in the exact same space. Oh, it might be a fucker. Also, what? So what? What do you do? Does he? do I suppose after that long shoot, and he probably had a little holiday whilst they got the house ready. I was going to yeah. say, in a normal situation, if you were trying to go back home, imagine if you manage, if you take the plane. And your plane get you get back home and your ice is fucking empty. Yeah. What, what a nightmare that is. Irritating. Bad enough having to unpack a suitcase. Correct. Um, the screenwriters initially struggled about where Thor's new axe would be. Uh, there were even versions of the script where it was trapped by a dragon. I'm so glad they didn't do that. <laughs> um, do you think they only put out the ideas where? They assume will be like, okay, I'm glad that didn't happen because you very rarely see these. I'm like, damn, I wish they, I wish they did that. Yeah. In action films, anyway, usually in comedies, you can think, okay, that would be cool to see. You might be right. I've never really, I've never really considered, it, but you could well be right. Who could be like, oh, We've probably. had a couple on here before where it's like in the initial script, this was going to happen. You're like, yeah, probably yeah. for the best they didn't do that. No, no, no. Yeah, I'd never really consider whether they get released. I imagine if it comes from the studio, from the screenwriters, then yeah, they obviously put out yeah. whatever whenever they get together. If they if they their own consensus, they're like, actually, yeah, that's a bag of shit. That's the one you would you would release. Yeah, um, the filmmakers always knew they wanted to play past Thanos's finger snap. Um, the idea being that if they ended the movie on the snap, it would be a cliffhanger. But instead, the movie continues building tragedy and emotion, and then it has a full and complete ending even if it's not the kind of happy Hollywood ending that uh, you would usually get with a Marvel film. Hmm. So, but again, you you sort of know, you don't know, maybe don't know what form is going to I think you do, you do know roughly, yeah. but where, where they had already been dropped that there was a part two, I know it was like, oh, this is devastating. You're also like, well, probably yeah. going to probably see him again. Well, the entire film is two hours, 33 minutes long. 
when I tell you now how much screen time some of the characters had, it's mind-bending, to be honest with you. So Thanos has the most screen time in the two-and-a-half-hour film. Mm-hmm. He has 20, 29 minutes he's on screen for. <laughs> Gamora is on screen for 19 minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah. Then comes Tony Stark with 18 minutes. Thor has 14 and a half minutes of screen time. Doctor Strange, 11 and a half. And Quill has 10 minutes, 15 seconds. Sorry, let's just drink my can of cup. Mental when you see it all stretched out like that. Yeah. Thanos, 29 minutes doesn't seem, seems low. Yeah, well, I don't know, like, so the, these figures are from Marvel. I don't know mm. if they literally, like, you have to be in the camera frame for it to count, because you think there are, like, the, the opening scene is with Thor, and that's yeah. the whole Thor scene. You've got a couple of Guardian scenes. So I'm not too sure kind of how they calculate it, but even if you're adding on kind of the whole scenes, that's not adding too much more. No. And the fact each person feels like they're on screen for longer than that, I guess is a W for... Probably a compliment, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, Thanos, 29 minutes. Seems low. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say the figures are right if they come from Marvel, but it seems low. Um, So if we do the kind of scene by scene, obviously we won't go through the entire film, but at the same time we'll probably do more than the usual four um, because the film is two and a half hours. Um, Opening scene then. So this isn't kind of a fake opening scene like we've had previously where you have a little bit first, but we kind of ignore it. We're straight in here. Thanos intercepts uh, Thor's spaceship, and this is confirmed by Marvel. This is the ship that leaves at the end of Thor Ragnarok, where they're all escaping Asgard. And in a strange way around around of doing it, we're doing Thor Ragnarok next week. So we've got that to get into there. So... One thing a bit, I could have added in the trivia, actually. So if you kind of think about it, the scene opens with the radio going and it's essentially saying, we're not a warship, yeah. blah, blah, blah. That's Kenneth Branagh doing that. Oh, nice. So he directed um, one of the previous four films. Number and two? Yeah, that sounds right. And he did uh, a couple of the Thanos post-credit scenes he directed. Mm, and nice. he was supposedly one of the first where Marvel actually opened up and said they will let kind of directors do their own thing on the film, which is why you get like a James Gunn with the Guardians of the Galaxy scene. This is why you get yeah all these different ones. Uh, I always pronounce his name wrong. Taika Waititi with... Um, Legend. The uh, Thor Ragnarok, which we get there, so it is interesting that they able they were able to combine it all. Effectively, yeah. they went with the Russo brothers to kind of oversee both films because they felt that they were the most flexible. A lot of the other directors kind of have their vision, and it's hard. Well, yeah, to I mean, them around an easy easy comparison because in that character's that character's individual films are next to each other. Look at the seat. Look at thematically and in, in almost every every aspect Thor 2 and then Thor Ragnarok yeah they are genuinely polar opposites yeah I, I can't see a way next week that Korg doesn't win my MVP that's just jumping ahead of things oh probably um, I can do a Korg impression for you 
we'll, we'll wait for next week. So, well, that's something to keep people listening. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do manage to keep kind of the feel the same. And I know the music helps because the way they open the first Guardians of the Galaxy scene you get, it feels like a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Like they really did have the Russo brothers kind of bending to make this work. Mm. I'm sure they uh, listened to all the other directors to make sure they kind of had things right. Yeah. I know they they started filming Infinity War three weeks after they finished Black Panther. Jeez. So they said that they essentially got Ryan Coogler on for the Wakanda scenes and they went as far as kind of they took all the concept maps so they could plan out the battle and they said it helped with the accents because they were so used to doing them previously from the whole filming of Black Panther that they were able to carry it over yeah. and they kind of put together their own uh, like war cries that weren't in the script but they just picked up while doing Black Panther so they were able to integrate that across to the film. Mm. So it, it's insane that you're able to have kind of this many cooks and it not spoil the broth, as they say. No, fair. I actually didn't know any of that. It was actually really yeah. quite interesting. Yeah, there's there's something I've not seen, but I've kind of read the points from it. On the uh, Blu-ray of this, yeah. and they have all of the directors from the previous Marvel films sat around a round table, kind of firing cool. ideas off each other and how they got to this stage, and one of them saying, like, you influenced me with this, and saying to James Gunn, I think you opened up for us to be able to express ourselves more and all of this. So even just reading it, it sounded good. So I'll definitely go back and watch that. Yeah, I'd, I'd give that a watch. Did you ever get around to the Hollywood Reporter one? I haven't. So I've only just uh, remembered it when I mentioned the round table then. Okay. <laughs> so it kind of came back, but it sounds like good kind of uh, podcast style listening that does. So I definitely will uh, get around to it. Where were we? So Thanos intercepting Thor's spaceship. Do you not agree that this is essentially in there, set down a marker early, have Thanos batter Hulk, kill yeah. Loki, and it's like, this is, this is what you're in for. This is how powerful this guy is. And they make a point, don't they, where despite him already having one of the Infinity Stones, he doesn't use it at all. It's just to say, like, this is how strong this guy is. Yeah, it's essentially I am the captain now. I was but... a bit disappointed. Sorry. I... No, no, go, 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 go. Go, go, go. It's a bit dis- disappointing when you see kind of the fighting style that he has with the Hulk. And I mean, he's throwing knees, he's, he's throwing like body kicks, he, he's punching to the head and the body. When you see the kind of combat that he has in there and how cool it looks, it's a shame that there isn't really anyone else that he has the chance to do that on across the whole film because he's so big. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, like... it's scale. Imagine him just him actually just body giving Steve Rogers a, kid, a kidney shot. Yeah. Like, his fist is would be the size of his full torso. He'd just what he'd wipe him out. He's basically just swatting people away for the rest of the film, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but that scene, that scene is good. It gives Thor a reason to... It gives him kind of a, like an arc of revenge because he's killed Loki, not for the first time Loki's died in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um, you see for the first time where they they have the shot where they go across all of the bodies just to show you right in front of your face he will kill 50% of the people here. Mm-hmm. And you've got the Black Order there as well for the first time to see them together. This is, I realised they couldn't do it, but 
in this, they are like really prevalent, really powerful, Joe, really something. Yeah. The comparison to what they become in Endgame, where they're essentially any other henchman, was one of um, my things about Endgame. So originally in this film, they were going to give you origin stories for each of them. Yeah, I and then and then they essentially said, from an audience perspective, when they were kind of getting feedback. It no wasn't adding anything to the film for people like Thanos is your guy. We don't really yeah. care about how this guy became his main henchman kind of thing. Yeah, no one cares who the first team coaches. Do you know what I mean? No, and you're supposed to kind of gather like we've seen a couple of these before across the films. Yeah, um, I think you see that Ebony Moore in um, the original Avengers. Yeah, and I, I guess it is like you get the picture that these guys are powerful too they're evil you, you don't really need a lot more than that do you no but it's 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 a strange thing i know why they do it it's for time and do you need another battle scene in game so on but it's strange in this they're sort of they're massive and they're a big challenge and then in that final scene in end game yeah they're just not on it they're not backing yeah. it yeah it's often the way isn't it um yeah I mean, there's a whole thing where stormtroopers are made a mockery of that they're supposed to be the great protectors yeah um and one of the most vicious armies possible, yet you never see them land a shot on camera. No. This is similar. <laughs> um, you do see Hulk get sent down to Earth, kind of Mario Rainbow Road style uh, in this, and then that kick starts and the film doesn't really let up from there, does it? You, you've seen Hulk take his beating, um, and then the Earth needs the Avengers again. Mm. The thing with Hulk, where throughout the film, they kind of can't get him to come out. So they clarified the directors and they said, this isn't because he's scared. It's because he's sick and tired of having to be a hero. But I don't know if you glean that from the film or if it's just. I also, I just don't glean that from the film. Yeah, I I, I have to say I'm not the, I like, like Marvel films and I, watched some of the cartoons and read some of the comics as a kid but not to the point where my knowledge of sort of those yeah. events is, is is flawless or even like good in any way yeah but is hulk intelligent enough to be it emotionally because that's not it's, it's not if he's sick and tired that's an emotional decision is, yeah, is hulk is the hulk emotionally intelligent or even in, in intellectual enough to be like oh joe what fuck it i'm having a day off they don't paint him like that throughout the rest of the films so no i mean i've not read those comics but um no he's a he's a res- he's a response to anger and that's he is anger person he is anger <clears throat> excuse me anger personified through everything else and then he suddenly becomes like it happens in um obviously it happens a little bit more in, it happens in ragnarok then it becomes yeah. oh in this and then in the end game banner does his thing and becomes the whole yeah. full time i i think it's it's family friendly way and it's fun but i sort of think in terms of this, I understand. I understand why they do it. Joyce Mark Ruffalo could be Mark Ruffalo. It adds another angle. It adds something quite funny or different. It's less of a. You say it's less of a. Oh, the Hulk will do X, Y, and Z. But I mean, if you open up with him getting, getting, yeah. getting absolutely battered, you could just have him there anyway, and then it, it, it doesn't particularly change it. It's not as though 
they do it for oh the Hulk would uh, the Hulk would murder him. Let's yeah. bring the Hulk in, and then he's gonna like you were in the first one with with Loki, where he just smashes like yeah. they're struggling, and then he just picks him up and tosses him like a rag doll. What? If you open up with him taking his lumps, then you, yeah. you know you you can do you can do it again. It's hard to criticise any casting they've ever done in the MCU. They do seem to have got almost everything spot on, and. <laughs> With the Hulk, a character that's hard to get particularly emotionally invested in because there isn't really much to get invested in. They have had a world with getting Mark Ruffalo because he's like a charismatic guy as it is, so you can just buy into him. Mm. And I guess it helps by the fact that you see more of him. So when you can kind of share his thoughts on everything without it being behind the Hulk and just saying kind of little catchphrases, yeah, it works <clears throat> that way. Um, from there, you've got the battle in New York where they introduce kind of the, the, the Black Order um, more where you can actually see them kind of fighting on uh, Thanos' behalf. This is yeah. the first time you see Iron Man team up with Strange and Wong and Spider-Man comes in. And this is essentially the, the joy of Marvel films. I mean, right from when we were kids and you would get crossover episodes and things. Mm-hmm. They were constantly like the most exciting thing you could get because you're not supposed to see this guy with this guy. And that's the whole reason the Avengers films are popular because it's not often you would get to see Doctor Strange side by side with Spider-Man. Yeah. So you get that in this scene, kind of a mirror where the Avengers are being broken up. So this is them battling New York like they did in 2012. Mm. And I think to work it out as a team. And obviously the point is that they don't work too well as a team at the start of this one. Yeah. No, I do. I do like it. Um, again, it's interesting to see new villains. It's all. It's always fun to see new villains. Yeah. So as much as it's fun to watch Iron Man, etc., it's always cool to see new villains. What does this yeah. person bring when you see them for the first time? I haven't been able to unsee since I saw a tweet saying um, Doctor Strange drawing for his magic looks like a TikTok dance each time. <laughs> with his hands going all over the shop. <laughs> all I could see was that tweet in my head when he's... Uh, doing the little walk down the street and, <laughs> and he's kind of shifting along getting his hands going <laughs> nice <laughs> I'd, ne- I hadn't really, I'd never thought of that I always, no. get, distra- I always get distracted by the, the glowing lights it, it is you get some good little one liners even at the start of this where uh, Wong is saying he'd love a tuna melt before Hulk crashes in then they're discussing kind of the Ben and Jerry's ice cream flavours that they've been assigned hunk of Hulk I think in the it was like a hazelnut Iron Man one. Mm-hmm. As they do a, a, a couple of instances in this film where they're essentially just trying to say these are normal people. Like, yeah. They have the thing with uh, Captain America Thor, don't they, where they talk about facial hair and a couple of things across it. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. Uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if you know the yeah. answer. Did Ben and Jerry's never get on board? I, do, I don't know. I, well, they certainly didn't make the flavours, but I don't know oh. where if they took a chunk for that little line there. That's, that's what I mean by get on board. Did they never, I'm really surprised they didn't just drop three or three yeah. or four, just, and then better, just like, yeah, just knock it out. Cause man, people yeah. would have bought it. Yeah, they definitely would have. Um, you've got in this film and what they set up then for the Spider-Man films, you get down the line and something that's really impressive with the Marvel films. And even you don't see it at the time, you see it further down the line is how they set things up and the whole thing of uh, 
Tony Stark being kind of like the father figure for Spider-Man continues in this where he's saying he doesn't want him to come up onto the spaceship. He should be down on the earth because he doesn't want him to get hurt. Yeah. All these little things that they build in. Then the next Spider-Man film is literally about his guilt at Tony Stark dying in Endgame. Yeah. All these little seeds. It's, it's so cool how they do it. Like their little wall chart must be insane. All the branches <laughs> coming <laughs> off of it. Yeah, it's um, a lot. It, it like when you stop and think about it, eighteen films to interweave and overlay and underlay yeah. across it is. It is an achievement that it, it's just is is actually staggering, and to do it so well is genuinely. Is mint, yeah. which is why, like at the start, as I say, I'm not I tell you my feelings on it aside. My feelings for where it sits in cinema as a whole aside, because I don't want it to sound again. I don't want it to sound like I'm criticising because I do really like these films. Um, probably not as much as, as some others, but I do really like them. But it is, it is a brilliant achievement. There's just so much, like so much source material. I know for the yeah. this one, it is actually based. They took it from sort of the the end in the comic and so. But yeah. there's so much source material they can use. Like they use different bits like civil war they use different bits of this different bits of that and so on and then to bring it all in and combine it into one is is fantastic yeah last bit on this scene what do you think about tony stark pulling out a fully charged flip phone just for the purpose of maybe calling captain america keep on you if you've got shooters it's an sos (laughs) i mean all the thing that seems an odd way to go about it but um Caps off the grid. He's living his best oh, life. The flip phone thing was part of it for me. Um, and just the way he whipped it out. Um, living his best life. Man, they use a pager to reach uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you've got, if you've got someone who's willing to ride for you, you want, it, want, yeah. him, want him there. Well, you want him there, but you need, need him need to be accessible. So the next scene I had down was the Guardians finding Thor for the first time, and you've got one of the funniest scenes in the movie where it's uh, kind of Quill comparing himself to an unconscious Thor being called one sandwich short and fat. <laughs> he, this is a man. This is not a man. <laughs> <laughs> Any okay. scene with Rocket Raccoon is good with me. Okay. Great, it's Bradley Cooper doing the voice for that as well. Doesn't sound like him, does it? No, it's a bit more um, screechy. Yeah, it's a lot higher. It's just a higher pitch yeah. voice. Yeah, just Bradley Cooper for, getting on yeah. getting on board in this. I mean, I feel like there well there probably might be again, but there was a time where if you could link yourself into this, jeez, you well, know, the collector is Benicio del Toro, mm-hmm. but he's even prepared to take that minor of a role. Yeah, but like imagine um, Guardians One, obviously came out a good few years before this. Um, Bradley Cooper getting on this. It was. When do you think the hype of it really started? Do you think it was Avengers? Because I see. I, th- I, think it, no. I think it was after that. I know Avengers no. was big, but I mean, I don't feel like it changed Iron Man the landscape was, until after that. Iron Man 1, Iron isn't Man it, mate? Deemed as significant. Um, Iron, Iron Man 1 Man... is more significant now because of what it became. Because if so, I'm, I've always said if I, we've had this, if I, maybe I haven't had this chat with you. I've had this conversation with someone recently. If Iron Man One would have flopped, oh, it's one where I was talking to one of the guys I worked with about um, John Favreau, legend. Um, if Iron Man would have flopped, 
they pro- they might still try and do this, but I don't know if they do. Because Disney, mind, Disney hadn't bought all of this yet. No. Disney buy this off the back, essentially, the success of these films. That's what sparks the interest. I know it's worth a lot yeah. of money anyway with TV's comics and so on, but you'll never, you will never... Disney could have bought this years and years. Disney could have bought this in 2000, by the way, and paid fucking far less money. Like, well, to the point they where... They owned the rights for some of them anyway, but yeah. did nothing with them. To, to the point that Disney could have bought this for so little money that the figure now is just, you'd be like, what? It makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. And they turned well, it down because they didn't see money in it. That's why they were buying rights of certain characters and didn't take yeah. it all lock stock. Only seeing uh, the name yesterday when I was uh, looking at Benicio Del Toro. I had no clue until yesterday that um, he had a relationship with Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. Because so, the IMDb trivia, and some of the things you see in the IMDb trivia is just mind-bending but it's a shortly after lost in translation 2003 was released scarlet says she found herself having a connection to older men that could not see her dating anyone under 30 true to her word she then had a relationship with benicio del toro who was 17 years her senior that tom hanks regrets it <laughs> benicio del toro is just shaking the hand of the director <laughs> you've done me a solid ag mm-hmm yep bet tom hanks regrets that I know he's happily married and all that, but hey. Bill Murray starring in that film as well. Nice little link to what we'll get onto later. Oh, wait, shit. Is it Bill Murray in Lost in Translation? Yeah. Take all that back then. What the fuck am I talking about Tom Hanks for? What, what Bill Murray for? and uh, your guy Giovanni. Mm. Uh, yeah, genuinely, I don't know why Tom Hanks came into my head. What am I thinking of? Sleeps in Seattle. Sorry. Well, we were just looking at old actors, so it went completely over my head. Um, let's see. Yeah, so the Guardians finding Thor. Do you think after they saw Thor Ragnarok, and I don't know how much of the script was all put together because they say that the Russos didn't even know how Thor Ragnarok was going to end when uh, they were putting together parts of the script. Do you think they saw how well Ragnarok was received and put in Thor alongside the Guardian does leave it open for you to have the more comedic parts because he's not bouncing off Captain America like that. And he's one of the leading kind of outlets of humour in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Well, they, they change him and is it, Ragnar- it is Ragnarok. It is Ragnarok. It Ragnarok's the one where they, yeah. they say it's the first Marvel film that they believe they can technically list as a comedy. Yeah, and then he just grows and grows then he? he becomes like yeah. and obviously they do the thing in Endgame where they make him fat and, and this yeah. that and the other but yeah I mean very possibly and it it, it does open it up it's yeah because it, I mean like, I was it's the one I it's the film I dislike the most out of all of them but it's 4-2 4-2 yeah. yeah that God. seems the uh, fuck is terrible collective show um, um, it's just not good that and Iron Man 2 I don't like Iron Man 2 apologies to my that. apologies to my guy Mickey Rourke I watched that at Christmas just because they technically like to call it a Christmas film. Yeah, yeah, I just don't like it. Iron Man 3 is not bad. Guy Pierce popping up. Yeah. Um, yeah, not a good one for Iron Man 2. We'll get on once we've done the scene by scene to see Marvel characters, but I've never found myself having the connection to Iron Man that a lot of people do in terms of their favourite kind of characters there. Is he? He is 
death aside, he's the character you want to be, though, right? Oh, he he's the guy that, like, yeah. But I just mean in terms of, like, my favourite characters, like, the ones where it's like, oh, I, I don't want you to die. I kind of... You're the one, if you're in an individual film, you're the guy I want to see, kind of. Iron Man has, has never been that guy for me. My man, my man Steve Rogers. Well, Spider-Man's my favourite. Yeah, you do really like Spider-Man. You even like Tobey Maguire. Well, he's even my least favourite of the three, which is harsh. Um, I had down the the scene of Thanos killing Gamora um, for the Soul Stone, and my notes are literally uh, once again somebody call an ambulance, but not for me. It's basically the scene where she's <laughs> laughing, saying, uh, "Oh, it's so good. I've always wanted to see this where." Uh, you're helpless. You you don't love anyone. His face drops. Turns to her. I got quotes later as to what he says. Mm. Um, there we go. All my life I dreamed of a day, a moment when you got what you deserved. I was always disappointed, but now you kill and torture and you call it mercy. The universe has judged you. You asked for a prize and it told you no. Do you know want to know why? Because you love nothing, no one. Thanos starts crying. She mocks his tears, and Red Skull says they are not for him. <laughs> Literally has done the ambulance that's, meme. That's <laughs> that's a great line, by the way. They're not yeah. for him. It's like uh, I was re- listening to something the other day about Tarantino and his murder lines, and which is your favourite? And uh, uh, sorry, Scorsese, sorry, and his murder lines, and which is your favourite? It's like uh, in the Irish he's like, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, unbelievable. That's one where you almost find yourself rooting for the villain in that moment. That's the type where you're like slap, slapping yourself on the knee, Hasbulla style. Like this is, this is just sensational work. Hasbulla, legend. Sorry. Yeah. Um, the battle on Titan, the, the point that's literally in there where you're supposed to be like screaming at the screen, Quill ruining the plan that they very nearly put together and show what can happen when they work as a team. I don't know why. Again, sorry, mate. I was going to say, again, Maybe maybe I'm misremembering this. Maybe I'm trying to make myself seem much sure. I don't know. But I don't remember being shook when it failed. Um, well, at that point, you I did still need to, to get fail. another stone. Yeah. yeah. You kind of, you, you, you did expect it to fail. And when it takes that long, usually you're like, okay, how's this going to go wrong? But the way that it does go wrong with Quill breaking the kind of trance. Yeah. You, you've got to say someone like Nebula has got to read the room there and say, I know it's your sister that's also uh, been killed. But probably don't tell her boyfriend while you're trying to save the world. You'll save it for maybe two minutes later when you get it off his hand. But do go that way. He ruins the plan. Mm. Starts smacking there four in the head and then you've got the moment of Iron Man just looking defeated after. So why'd you do that? Why did you do that? why you do that? Very good, though, um, the way that they do really max out mm. all of these characters. The whole moment of Strange saying there's only one possible outcome where it works. And that's literally the only kind of lingering hope you have, the fact that he hands over the stone. It maybe there's a reason for that, and you'd see that, obviously, in the next film. The battle on Wakanda is supposed to be your kind of final showdown he's got one more stone left to get they're trying to get the stone and destroy it from vision's head i think again you you kind of assume there's going to be some way (laughs) that this is going to go wrong um 
again another way for them to get like they get Shuri into this and she's one of the more integral characters in hoping to uh, put a stop to Thanos you have Thor returning to Wakanda then he has the moment where he comes down from the sky and uses his kind of lightning strike you've got Rocket with a machine gun being uh, lifted up by Bucky and swung around to kill people it it's everything you want from a final showdown with all of these characters in there. Yeah. It's just, I know it's a cliffhanger and stuff, but as you watch it, it's so epic. Yeah. And it's so futile. And they do enough where uh, they make you think, okay, they have found a way out of it. And even though you know something's going to go wrong, it's like, even for a split second, there is a part of you that maybe believes, okay. Quite nicely. The fact yeah. that it goes wrong is inevitable. Yeah. It's wonderful. But you even have the bit where Wanda then has to kill Vision to save mm. the world. She does that. He very quickly says, look, I feel for you, but takes the time back. Now we've got the time stone, kills Vision himself, chucks it aside. And then you have the snap of the fingers, which was a thing. After this, it kind of, broke out of the film the snap of the fingers was uh, kind of a cultural moment I don't know if that's the right yeah word, yeah, yeah I'd but, say so it was a moment yeah hasn't hasn't survived like some of the other things from these films but yeah it was a certainly a moment like there was a meme of just whatever was happening at that time was someone being kind of disintegrated away um, all sorts and it, it was cool to have the moment the moment of Spider-Man fading away so I don't want to go and quite literally 50% of the people being wiped out but conveniently as films go you are left with a core of Avengers that weren't wiped out and so you get them obviously in the next film strangely as uh, there's supposed to be supposedly indiscriminate you do end up with a lot of the big guns something I was going to point out as to how good Marvel are is they are very good in that you can correct me if I'm mistaken going into this film you, you have the guys that were a level above and that was your Iron Man your Captain America Thor um, probably Spider-Man because of what we know of him already were a level above the likes of Black Widow Wanda Hawkeye Ant-Man even Black Panther at this stage, although he's probably the, the highest profile one that does uh, get snapped away. But from there, Marvel, in the way they do their TV shows and things, uh, I don't believe you've seen it, but WandaVision is one of the best TV shows I've seen in recent times. And they made you really care about two characters in Wanda and Vision that you really didn't have that much emotion towards previously. And had you invested in eight episodes as to something that was just concerning the two of them, and they're doing it with Loki now, with people like before, but maybe not to the extent they do now, where they're giving you a six-part series on Loki. You had one with the Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon. It didn't hit quite the same, but they just find a way to just make these characters meaningful. Hawkeye is the next one. And if they can charm me on him, because I don't like Jeremy Renner. I know you don't. like Hawkeye. It's disrespectful on both counts. What, Hawkeye, I think, is just 
it's literally just a futuristic Legolas, and he was never my guy in Lord of the Rings. Hawkeye, as, it, as he quite as he quite clearly says, he doesn't have any superpowers. That's what he says. He says, "Look, I'm out here running, so, running, running, and gunning with these. I'm just yeah, a normal so, guy." That's why I don't care about him. That takes guts. Minerals. It's all well and good being. It's all well and good being the Hulk. That's maybe, but don't ask me to be more invested than a guy who can turn himself into an ant. He's risking it. He's literally risking it all. Thor, pretty much, <laughs> like he can die, but it's really hard to kill him. You Iron Man's got all boys. this and all that. Captain America, you can kill him, but it's really hard. You know, he's out here risking it all, putting it, putting bodies on the line every day. And, uh, leave, it, just, leave it to the big guys. Just for you to disrespect him like that. So I really like if, it in Endgame when he becomes Ronin and he's just fucking people up. Well, um, Black Widow, um, and I won't give a spoiler here. Have you seen? But, yeah, I have. Good, bad? Um, decent. Yeah, let me talk about it afterwards if you want. I haven't seen it yeah. yet. Yeah, well, the post-credit scene in it sets up um, the Hawkeye series, basically. Okay. Um, but in the way that, and I know you've seen the likes of um, the Jessica Jones series and mm-hmm. how we had like Daredevil and things like that, and the way you would kind of have maybe one character kind of connecting things and they would kind of intertwine. They're starting to do this so you have the movie and the TV universes. And this is the first sign of the movie then linking into the TV show. Yeah. And so it's setting up quite a cool dynamic if they can pull it off and essentially bank on you're a Marvel fan, you're going to watch all of this. But if not, We'll give you a little ten minutes at the, in the next film just to kind of gloss over what what's happened. Mm. Um, if we do the categories before we go on to the next film, so rewatchability. Now this is two and a half hours long. I don't know what your thoughts are with this. When I watch it, I like it. Yeah. Won't wouldn't rush to watch. No, I think there certainly are some scenes that drag more than others one thing I, I would say and I don't know if you're similar I do find it hard once I've watched an Avengers one recently to then go into a, a TV show that has like a, a singular Marvel character because you feel like you're just missing out on so much where you've been spoiled with all these characters in the last thing you've watched uh, no I'll be honest no you I've I've never felt that. Yeah, I've watched it before. I've thought, can we? Why watch, say, Iron Man when I can watch Avengers Infinity War? I certainly watched this more times than Endgame. I think just because of the ending, basically. Yeah, Endgame a few times. I don't think it's particularly rewatchable just for the fact that. It's strange. Once I've seen, there's so many of these, once I've seen them, I've seen them. And I like them, yeah. the films, I, but once I've watched them, I've watched them. This this is one that definitely falls into this, to, to this category. It's kind of like a horror film in the way that uh, once that jump scare's got you once, it doesn't have the same impact the second time. And I know watching the film the first time around, that's how it, how you should be. That's like what the sole purpose should be in terms of your enjoyment. But obviously, like the Thanos snap the second, third, fourth time, is it yeah. quite going to hit the same? So I think it's rewatchable, but it certainly wouldn't be most rewatchable for me. And the the runtime is putting aside two and a half hours to watch a film. Um, 
best moment slash scene for you? It's the ending, isn't it? I agree. <laughs> That'll probably be the opening scene, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the opening, but it is it is the ending. Yeah. Um, do you want to do quotes now or after? Up to you, big man. I've, I've got some, not too many. If we do this, so I've given you, I gave you one already um, with the uh, Gamora speech. Mm. I always like Bruce asking who Scott is, and uh, that's when I actually an Ant Man. He's like, an Ant Man and a Spider Man. <laughs> and then Thanos is basically just got quotables for days, hasn't he? What did it cost? Yeah. Everything, the meme there. Mantis asking if Kevin Bacon was one of the Avengers. Don't know hmm. why they settled on Kevin Bacon of all of all the names. Yeah. Um, the dude, you're embarrassing me in front of the wizards. Yeah. Uh, you should have gone for the head. Dread it, run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. Thanos does yeah. have a lot of quotables, but I do actually yeah. like that one. They called me a madman. Um, um, go on. My man Loki, I assure you, brother, the sun will shine on us again. I like, I really like that this time around. Yeah. And Quill, I'm going to blow that nutsack of a chin right off your face. <laughs> There's an interview where Benedict Cumberbatch is talking about um, the pressure that there was from audiences to have a uh, no shit Sherlock line inserted between him and Robert Downey Jr. Uh, yeah, I've actually but seen that before. I've read that before. He said he was the one. He says that refused. He said it, it just cringed him out a bit too much. Nah. Yeah, I see it. I I would have enjoyed it because I really like Sherlock. I feel like I've discussed this before, so I wouldn't yeah. wouldn't have been against it. Thanos has got to be the MVP of this film, has he not? He's fucking yeah. He's brilliant, mate. To be fair. <laughs> You may think this is suffering. As well. <laughs> yeah, you may think this is suffering. No, this is salvation. Just... Side character could be difficult for this. For this. Um, Would you really say are... the sole core of Avengers and maybe the main characters and side characters are kind of anyone after that? Yeah. Um, do I really have one? I don't really have a favourite side character, I don't think, mate. You have a bit of time, so we'll, we'll go on to the other film first. Have a quick... Uh... Sip my drink, it is a toasty. All right, then. Zombieland. Synopsis. A shy student trying to reach his family in Ohio, a gun-toting bruiser in search of the last Twinkie, and a pair of sisters striving to get, an amusement, to, get to an amusement park join forces in a trek across the zombie-filled America. Good, good little synopsis, that. Critics' reviews, what do you think? Uh, I think they liked it. Complete with spectacular gore, creative cursing, outrageous slow-motion ransacking, a modest amount of romance, and a tour of the palatial Bill Murray estate. So have you, I think there was more to come with that. Um, if you thought Shaun of the Dead delivered the last word in zombie horror comedy, Zombieland shows that you can still get fresh laughs from the festering carcasses of the living dead. I mean, I think we're both in agreement, aren't we? We take this over Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah, I thought we might not face any uh, friction when it comes uh, to just us two being on this. Um, It's a zombie movie. It's a teen romance. It's a comedy. It's a hunt for that most elusive of snack foods, the hostess Twinkie. Welcome to Zombieland. Watch out for marauding cannibals and fasten your seatbelts. Woody Harrelson has a rip-roaring time in this comic splatterfest as a redneck from hell who's out to kill zombies. 
the kind of genre acting that doesn't get much notice, but it's a gleeful rampage of a performance. I do really um, like Woody Harrelson in general, yeah. but I do really like him in this film. Finally, great snappy fun featuring, by way of a nice change, characters you genuinely do not want to get chomped. There we go. Largely positive. Um, do you know, for, for a while in this, <laughs> my, uh, there you laugh. So I like, cool. I like Woody Harrelson in general. I can't think of the first thing I've seen him in, but obviously you kind of see him splattered across him. Usually he's a kind of likeable character in whatever he's doing. Yeah. So I heard about the controversy surrounding Woody Allen. For a while, I thought this was about Woody Harrelson. And I wondered why he was so popular. Yeah. And then I had to do my research. and was, I thought people like, this is just such a likeable guy that we're just, we're just going to let this slide. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of people uh, who still let it slide. But, yeah, um, there's a lot of people that let it slide. So yeah, it took me a bit of time, but I got past it. Um, there's some good trivia for this one, so I'll take you through it. Um, Woody Harrelson was arrested for marijuana possession during filming, which delayed shooting for a day. Hmm. Did you know, talking about someone in this film with marijuana? Yeah. The reason Bill Murray became an actor uh, was, what, it, was to pay for his weed. No, was a student joke that it was. I don't know if this tree is coming from Bill Murray, but it, I read it. I've read it a couple of times, so I'll just tell you the story as yeah. I heard it. It's false. Basically, going for an airport, made a joke to someone that he had a bomb in his bag. Um, was overheard so they were like yeah we're obviously going to search your bag no they actually had like pounds of weed in his bag so alright well you're not going to fly um, etc etc goes on goes on was think he was becoming a lawyer or something like that or uh, uh, trying to be a lawyer something quite high powered anyway basically yeah. alright shit I'm up six creep decided to become an actor all worked out for him blimey I've told that really badly but that's just the seems apparent. a very Bill Murray thing to do it's very much paraphrasing the story, but yeah. yeah. Um, this one makes some sense. So the script was originally a television pilot and then was heavily revised to become a film. So I think I would have liked this as a TV show, you know. So where is it? There was something that ties in with this. Um, like, I'm glad it's a film, but I think I would have liked this as for all the zombie stuff. Nice, like funny, like oh, it's you could have given me Jesse Eisenberg and I'd, I'd like as yeah. the lead if you'd have done it. You'd probably get into it now, but maybe not when this came out. Um, I think I would have liked it. So, this is where the zombie killer of the week ties in and they just mm. kept it in the film anyway. Um, it was originally going to be part of, as you gathered, every weekly episode would have a zombie killer of the week performed by characters on the show. Yeah. I think I, would, I think I really think I would have liked it. It's light-hearted, it's funny, it's easy. It would have been an easy watch. It could have fit a lot more into it. I, I think it would have been good. Woody Harrelson eventually yeah. does go and do a TV show. He obviously was in Cheers when he was younger, but he yeah. goes back to being a film star, goes back to TV with True Detective, doesn't he? Mm. Um, yeah. I would have uh, got on board that. Patrick Swayze was offered a cameo role as a zombie before his cancer diagnosis. Is seen with a parody of the Swayze movies like Ghost and Dirty Dancing. God, the Dirty Dancing one would have been great. <laughs> well, the scene that the Ghost gets, one would have been funny. The scene that eventually gets to Bill Murray was offered to a host of other uh, celebrities too, including Joe Pesci, <laughs> Mark Hamill, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Kevin Bacon, Jean Claude Van Damme, and Matthew McConaughey. I only want someone older in there. I want Pesci, Van Damme, 
Hamill. I've I've been thinking all day how much, maybe not the wider audience, but we would have loved as much as Bill Murray's good in this. Like if this was Vince Vaughn. No, not for me in this case. Wow. No, no, I surprise you. I'm on board with everything Vince does, but no, I want an older guy. He makes me laugh more. Pesci would have been, Pesci would have been great. Joe yeah, Pesci would have been great this as well. There's a lot they could have mocked up with Sandler, mm. but I'm happy with the the end result. Bill fucking Murray. Yeah. Um, it's revealed in the DVD commentary that Emma Stone was originally cast to play the role of four of six. Hmm where the initial role of Wichita was offered to Megan Fox. Oh, he told me this the other day. Yeah. But to goff about this also, it certainly stands up. I can see Megan Fox doing the role, but her and Jesse Eisenberg would have been an odd like match to see on the screen. Yeah, fair. I get that. And that feels harsh on Emma Stone. It's not. Emma Stone's good looking, but she's not Megan Fox type good looking. <laughs> yeah, uh, there there was levels to this game. Then you, you know. Well, have you seen the sequel? No. So in the sequel, I keep meaning kind of, to watch it. Yeah, this isn't a spoiler. Actually, like her name's like all over the marketing. Um, there's kind of a part in the sequel where they try and do the this girl would usually be too good looking for Jesse Eisenberg and it's Zoe Deutsch, a blonde Zoe Deutsch in fact um, who's like, look, there's no other bloke around <laughs> you'll do um, as she's uh, tagging along Wait, I've seen, I have seen that part of it So She uh, plays like a, she's really ditzy she's, yeah, like swearing, yeah. she's wearing like a pink tracksuit or some bullshit yeah, yeah. I've seen that part And so that style of Megan Fox would probably have kicked in if it was played that way like if there was 90% of other humans on the earth like you would not be my type but essentially yeah you're all I've got yeah but that obviously wasn't the way they were playing it there's meant to be a certain similarity isn't there between Wichita and uh yeah no disrespect to Jesse Eisenberg but no no they're they're definitely there's definitely levels to it and he, he is not Emma Stone is which is still far too good for him. Who was it? There was there was someone. Oh, it was, it was um, Clark Duke. Was, was that on the first episode we did in this podcast where we were just strangely debating <laughs> where he stood in terms of good-looking people and who he should be replaced with? Yeah, the boys went in on him. It was unnecessary. He he, if you uh, check it, he's got a dime by the way. If you check his uh, Insta. Like at I first, bet. I thought it was just like someone he was acting with, but no, he he secured himself a dime. I can I can imagine he has great shot. Yeah, shame he bombed this for the interview. Yeah, damn shame. Um, so Megan Fox probably could have done the Amber Heard role if in the four or six, if like she just didn't want to be on the whole time, and it probably would have played paid homage to um, Jennifer's body where she was on being that. Sorry, say that again. I actually genuinely just looked at Clark Duke's Instagram. And I'm shook by the long hair. I'm shook by the long hair yeah, mustache combination. Yeah. Um, so Megan Fox could probably have done the four or six role if uh, if she just not wanted to commit, but like the idea of the film mm. instead of Amber Heard in this case, and um, it would have kind of played back to Jennifer's body 
but obviously she just didn't fancy being in the film. Yeah. Never seen Jennifer's Bodies. Decent film. Uh, I'm kind of like 90% of other people why they watched it because they saw Megan Fox. Megan Fox as a cheerleader on the poster. And <laughs> what they said, there was the whole scandal where she did an interview. I've mentioned this on the pod before about a year or so ago where she looked back on it with the director and um, they essentially sold the film as that and so when they did their test screenings they just brought in a load of uh, teenage boys mm-hmm. that's why the reviews weren't good because they didn't get like it's a whole thing of but it's like feminism and uplifting and kind of that kind of thing and women owning their sexuality and that's kind of what the whole film's about yeah um and the whole thing. Like, but at the same time, and forgive me if I'm if I'm insensitive because I've not seen the film. You know, if it is about female empowerment, great. But if you're putting Megan Fox as a cheerleader, isn't so, teenage boys what you expect to go and watch it? it? It is, but they say that it was marketed so they didn't. They weren't expecting what they got. They thought it was Megan Fox being good looking. Okay, sorry. Essentially, but there's a lot more to the film. Like they marketed it basically as that one Megan Fox and that she kisses uh, Amanda Seyfried in the film. And that's basically yeah. what they kind of sold it as. Um, but there's, there's, there was a lot more to it. But when they brought in all these uh, boys for test screening and there was a uh, leaked email, I believe, by one of the studio execs who was forwarding and kind of telling people why they should watch it. Um, and he wrote three words, Megan Fox, boobs. And this is a studio exec talking about why you should see the film. Yeah. Um, careful how I phrase this. You risk being be misogynistic. But I, I get sex sells, mate. Is an easy way of saying it. An way of yeah. saying it. That's, but, it's true, that's just true now, even in you know, yeah, the world a, that we live in now. It's still the same. I'm, I'm perhaps sounding somewhere in the middle of kind of selling it that way. And uh, there was a lot of controversy around the time where after what had happened on the Transformers set and uh, paparazzi were sneaking on set and they were taking pictures of her uh, like in the water, like swimming and trying to take shots of her there and so the whole thing was just kind of tainted as not what she signed up for. So she said she's really proud of the film but it's kind of soured as because of everything else afterwards, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, worth, it's a quite a good like zombie kind of slasher. It's the cult following of the film is insane. Okay, but she says that she'd like to play the role again. She thinks it would be more well received nowadays. But Very possibly. Side take on uh, Megan Fox being in Zombieland. Amber Heard in this film. How many sneaky shots do you think she fired in on Jesse Eisenberg while filming this? <laughs> um, he doesn't look like he can take one. <laughs> like, do you think she's yelling out method acting while she's filming this? Like, no. oh, I don't fucking know. She'd be doing all sorts of shit. She's pummeling poor Eisenberg. She's fucking nuts. Yeah. Uh, this was originally titled Another Day in Zombieland, but the studio feared people would think it would be a sequel. Probably a fair take. Yeah. The whole thing was shot in 42 days. Mm. And 
when you've heard my takes on method acting before, quite enjoy the mockery with this. So shortly after filming concluded in 2009, Woody Harrelson attacked TMZ photographer at LaGuardia Airport in New York City after arriving from LA. Harrelson, a self-proclaimed method actor, blamed his actions on his Tallahassee role, saying he was still not out of the character's head and acted on impulse. In a CNN interview, Harrelson said, I then flew to New York, still very much in character. He kind of stares down the camera. With my daughter at the airport, I was startled by a paparazzo who I quite understandably mistook for a zombie and attacked. What a load of shit. Well, he's, if you want, he's quite, he's kind of saying it, mocking the premise of method acting. I presume so, but regardless, regardless of context, mate, what a load of bollocks. Just... I imagine those TMZ photographers. I imagine even, they are even the nicest of actors have retaliated to them. I imagine they're terrible. After actually, you went on last week. So um, Russell Crowe learned to play the uh, violin for Master and Commander, mm. and in this film, Woody Harrelson actually plays the banjo in the supermarket scene. Oh, nice. Um, so although it could easily have been faked, Harrison actually took the time before and during production to learn how to play the instrument rather than use a dubbed-in banjo. Oh, nice. And all of the blood effects were added digitally during post-production. There was no fake blood used anywhere in the film, which drew criticism from some mainstream reviewers who found it blatantly fake and weird and out of place. Uh, That's I what I picked up while watching. I wasn't complaining about the blood. No, uh, no, I sort of I wouldn't, wouldn't complain, but I sort of got it. Um, some of the talking points I had down with this, um, I don't know how you take it. I thought there was a conscious effort in the first scene where you see your first zombies, and there's no jump scares used, there's nothing of the sort that's supposed to be scary other than the fact that it's a zombie. And the reason I thought that was quite a conscious effort is I thought they didn't want you to misconstrue what type of film it is. Like, they want to make you laugh right from the start. Yeah. And I guess if you use one jump scare, you probably do get put in a bracket where people then complain if there's not many more moving forwards. So I think the only maybe jump you get is when he turns around and four or six has turned in his flat. And even then... It's kind of quite a slow turn. Like it's not a quick pan to the camera. It's not like a startle um, kind of soundtrack to kind of bump it up. They're quite literally saying zombies are everywhere. They're also the point of humour. They're not trying to do anything else with it. And I just thought usually with this kind of film, they would do something there. Like even where the zombie kind of comes towards the camera in the opening scene, they would have that maybe drop from above the screen and it would make you jump in the cinema but they clearly didn't have a plan to do that at all um no but i this film doesn't lose anything for it no no, i i just mean i think that's why because they don't they want it to quite clearly be this is funny yeah yeah and it is funny for like you said a second ago it's funny from the jump I really like the opening scene where he lays out the rules. Yeah. Um, I, I do do very much enjoy it. And I, I yeah, I, I I like the fact that it's it is a comedy. 
I can actually take you through now. Um, I do have the full set of rules, which oh, okay. on some instructional videos. So I'll oh, wow. through them. Some of them uh, we can spend a bit more time on. So cardio, number one, obviously. Yeah. Um, I'm not backing myself to last too long in a zombie no, break. I'm throwing hands early. I, I probably just kill myself early doors. Like, I, <laughs> I, I don't need any part of this. Like, I don't want to live in a world where zombies are anywhere. I don't want to be a zombie. I don't want that moment of shitting myself right when I realise, okay, a zombie is about to rip me apart. Just get it over with. <laughs> I don't need this. Okay, fair. Um, rule two, the double tap. Uh, goes yep. on to be the name of the sequel. Rule three, beware of bathrooms. Very good one. I'm impressed he's still finding toilet roll like this far in. <laughs> yeah. Like, even in public toilets, he's still getting toilet roll in there. Uh, rule, rule four, seat belts. Yeah, very important one. Uh, rule five, no attachments. I don't know. Hey, it's um, like, like, like my guy Robert McCauley says in the heat. Don't have anything you're not prepared to walk away from in 30 seconds when you see the heat around the corner. Yeah, that makes far more sense. When no attachments, I was... Uh, Picturing guns for the weapon, yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm so confused. Um, rule six is quite simply cast iron skillet, so I'm assuming that's the type of using it as a weapon. Rule seven, travel light. Rule eight, get a kick ass partner. Hmm. Maybe rule no nine, attachments was about guns then because those seem contradictory. I'm not sure. Rule nine, don't use your bare hands, yes, because you can get bitten or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rule 10, don't swing low. Rule 11, use your feet. Might tie in with cardio. Yeah. Rule 12, bounty paper towels. That might tie in with your uh, bathroom as well. Yep. Uh, rule 15, don't uh, bowling ball. Then it goes to 17, uh, don't be a hero, which he later changes to uh, be a hero. Mm-hmm. Rule 18, limber up. You've got the quote, does a lion ever limber up before it goes for a gazelle? Can you imagine how threatening that would be, watching a lion do stretches <laughs> Stretch <before> it. It <laughs> Just looking you in the looking at it, looking you in the eyes. Like, yes, mate, give us five. That would be absolutely terrifying. <laughs> Doing the old SAQ warm-up from school. Yeah. Rule 19, Ziploc bags. That's something that they clarify in the second one, I believe. Rule 21, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, that was also 21. Avoid strip clubs is another rule. Yeah. I'm close with them zombie strippers. <laughs> I suppose so. Um, rule 22, when in doubt, know your way out. Jump to 28. Uh, double knot your shoes. Yep, can't be tripping over them laces. Rule 29, the buddy system. 31, check the back seat. 32, enjoy the little things. 33, Swiss Army knife. 34, mm-hmm. clean socks. 48, hygiene. And 49, always have backup. It's a good rules for life. Well, these are all supposedly either mentioned or uh, alluded to across simply this film. And there's a whole new set for the sequel. Mm. But as I said, on the DVD, supposedly there's uh, some bonus features where they have some instructional videos in there. Yeah. Um, 
if we really seen by scene there, we've mentioned that opening rules montage. Very good way it set, sets it apart. The rules are a good way of kind of connecting the scenes as you go through. Um, I imagine they were probably part of the TV show premise that were written out before, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I, I imagine so. It would be. There's, there's TV shows about stuff like that, you know, like yeah. it, and it would would would. I still think now that I've heard it, I actually really like the idea of it yeah. being a TV series. I've got to be honest. And it also kind of gives you the backstory of why everything is the way it is without doing the. This is how this happened. This yeah. is what happens now. Like it's quick, it takes you through, like a variety of things, doesn't it? At the same time as. Uh, Giving you a nice little montage. Yeah. Ed Schneebly from School of Rock being the guy uh, caught on the toilet as well. Oh, I can never remember his name. Something white. Yeah, I just know him as Ned Schneebly. What's the worst way to go? The zombie breaking into the cubicle here or the uh, T-Rex breaking into the cubicle in Jurassic Park? Yeah, the, t- the, the zombie. Because it's not yeah, a one bite. Right. It's not one bite. You're done. <laughs> no. T-Rex swallows you whole at least. Yeah, I agree. The woman that doesn't do the double tap, getting bitten on her Achilles, is a, a, a far bad way to go. go. Among bad ways to go. There is a. I, can't, I always think it's hostile, but I might be wrong. But there's a scene it's in a film works. like that. Is it where he just pops up out the floorboards and chops your man's Achilles? Scissors, yeah, yeah. It's on Paris Hilton. Disgrace, man. That's actually vile. Yeah, yeah House of Wax is Paris Hilton in the film. Um. Second scene I had down was the 406 scene. Um, he can't believe his luck, obviously. Amber Heard banging on the door looking for a place to take some refuge, falls asleep on his shoulder. He's looking smug with himself. Predatory. He knows. <laughs> He's just being a nice guy. He's not predatory, Byron. He doesn't make his move. You know, he wasn't going to. I mean, the smirk on his face probably. Is it? That's game. a that's he, a predatory smile, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Wakes up, and he, he's he's nearly toast. Yeah. And that top of the toilet is like the most trusty weapon you can have in films. They do. They are heavy. To be fair. Second time it's been used in this bracket as well. If you can remember the first. We've mentioned it on the pod already, this pod. True romance? Yeah. Oh, yeah, she hits him with it, doesn't she? Yeah, she's Gandolfini. Yeah, sir. But that's a good scene, just showing you, one, that he does abide by his rules, two, nice little cameo, gives you a bit of a glimpse into his character. He's playing the classic uh, lonely guy that sets out in, like, 90% of the films. A thing across themes, I suppose, is for character development and to show change, but... People, so many. Uh, I've got these hard, like, like hard and fast rules. Like bang, that's a rule. It's not, not loose. Yeah. Break it immediately. Normally for a woman, funnily enough. <laughs> yeah. Not blaming, not, not, not blaming women. I'm just saying, surprising what men will do. Regardless of what you know, even if you had a set of rules, now Amber Heard might be enough to make you break any of your rules. Oh, I've always said the only thing that the only thing that's weird to me is the shooting in the bed. <laughs> Um, I know people have, that have said that wouldn't be an issue. Um, I believe you're one of them. You, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, that wasn't. I've, I've preached. You stay the hell away from Amber Heard. Yeah, you've been. You, you were saying it pre Johnny Depp. 
<laughs> exactly. You're a visionary. Uh, nothing good comes of it. Um, and I don't want to put TK in it, but I feel like he may have been one of the culprits. Maybe on a pod, so maybe I'm not doing him dirty. Um, there we go. I guess we'll find out if he's listened. If he has listened, then highlight it to us, and we'll know if he's heard this. Mm. Um, yeah, this scene also, a lot of the other scenes you see in the film are also set in places where you're unlikely to be in that situation, an abandoned theme park, an abandoned supermarket. These are all ones that, as much as you can relate to not wanting to be eaten by a zombie, it's hard to relate to that specific situation. This one, where it's quite literally confined to a small flat, that's far more, uh, you can put yourself in that situation trying to escape the ways looking around for weapons in the flat is a conversation that almost everyone's had before. I've used it as a pod opener about five times on a Monday. Um, just where he's scrambling around. It's, it's perfect. And the way the scene's done, like the flat couldn't feel smaller than it does yeah. in, in, in that scene. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the next one I had down, when they're tricked in the supermarket by uh, the girls for the first time, pretended to be bitten by a zombie. Yeah. Lucky they don't get the Bill Murray treatment where yeah. no questions asked. <laughs> yeah. Gone. Yeah, again, that's actually what should happen. <laughs> that's the point. It's all well and good pretending to be a zombie, but they've got to go. It's, it's, shoot, yeah. it's shoot now, ask later. I don't know if, if you agree either, um, and I don't think it's just because they're good actors, but I find the Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, combo in this to be quite a believable like double act the way they bounce off each other it feels natural or mm. it even doesn't look too out of place which is what it's supposed to be with the two opposites like they pair up well you can see how you're able to get a sequel out of kind of these two characters yeah yeah i'll give you that the way there's the scene where he's putting on some uh, cologne as they call it to try to impress Emma Stone, and he's called out for it by uh, Tennessee. Is that is it? He Tennessee? I get confused. I'll just say. Uh, Have a good No, no, no. Sorry, wrong one. Yeah, but but where he's kind of calling him out, saying, uh, rock. "This is what you're trying to do." Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And he's mocking him for wearing the uh, perfume. Yeah, and then he sprays it on the back of his neck. And all the things in the film that cracked me up, maybe more. <laughs> Than anything else, just the reaction as he as he spins around, saying I've uh, put people in the ground for much less. <laughs> but the way they are tricked is it is a great little thing because it it does give you that little moment of what would I do in this situation? It's got the classic I'd rather be killed than be turned into a zombie. The, the situation of would you be able to kill someone close to you by the fact if they were going to be turned into a zombie? Yeah. So it, it's very good. Emma Stone is very good in this film, so is uh, Abigail Wesley, as you just Emma Stone's, said. Emma Stone's very good in everything I've yeah. ever seen, it remains to be fair. Yeah, I mean, she's with Woody Harrelson again in Birdman, which is a film I wish to forget. I've done is that the Michael so many Keaton awards. thing? It is, I've just done another thing of getting people confused with each other. Um, but yeah, the, the, the less said about that film. I hated it. We are talking about the same thing, though. But you yeah, just... yeah. Oh, cool, 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 cool. Oh, yeah, I came out of the cinema, um, and there were people saying how good it was. And I was like, this is this quite a different film, but I was watching it. It's not my worst 
confused lookalike, but it's not a no. good one either. It's no. essentially uh, two guys that have lost their air. Yeah, at least it shows you you make your equal opportunities with your mistakes. Yeah, I feel like you've pla- I feel like you've planted that because no, no, just to try and soothe, I, if, soothe me. If you hadn't said it, then I would have fully ran with that being Woody Harrelson. Uh, I have never seen Birdman to be fair. Not good. If, have you seen The Founder with Michael Keaton? Yes. Yeah, great film. Love that. Oh, I was waiting for you. Waiting to see what you said there. Yeah, I was, no, I loved I was, it. I was ready. I watched it with Goff at the cinema and came out really wanting a McDonald's after. Yeah, strange that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Two and a half hours and then talking about how good McDonald's is. Funnily enough, a Big Mac sounds very appealing. I've seen that film one two or three times. Some of the chaviest girls I've ever seen outside the, the uh, Cheltenham in McDonald's Centre and uh, McDonald's in Cheltenham Centre. Didn't want that work from those 14 well, years. You know, you, know, well, you know there's that little kind of, uh, I don't know how to describe it, there's almost like a little grate that kind of curls around outside of the doors there. Yeah. Um, and I've never seen it before in my life. There was these girls, they, they probably were about 14. Um, so I'm not saying they intimidated me. Uh, I was with Goff as well. Stood there at uh, probably 10 o'clock on a Friday night with a boombox. <laughs> playing tunes out loud. I've never seen that before <laughs> in anything but like a 90s film where they're trying to look at like... A, a fucking boombox, man. Literally, they were playing some nonsense. Was it, de- but, was it decent? Or? No, no. But they were literally just That's stood amazing. up there, one of them in their hands, and they're just nodding their heads and kind of having a little conversation alongside their tunes. But That's fantastic. It, it just stays with me because it's one of them where you, you double take. Like, <laughs> are you, are you fucking problem. serious right now? <laughs> That's brilliant. Of all the places as well for it to be like... Yeah, I think Cheltenham was one of the ones, but I do think the the differences between Cheltenham and Gloucester, and that could be on the podcast, are far. The gap is is far less than some would have you believe, and this was one of those moments that did kind of clarify it in my head. Yeah, it absolutely is. Well, there's certainly a difference, but I'm just saying. No, no, uh, but the gap. Yeah, the people gap. make out that you will not see any wrongings in Cheltenham. I've Fuck. seen. I've seen many a wrong in Cheltenham. <laughs> Mate, don't get me started. Don't get me started. Anyway, the next scene I had, I've put down as simply uh, Bill fucking Murray. Um, <laughs> this is my favourite scene in the film, by the way. Yeah, have, I know you've not seen the sequel. You may have seen this scene. In the post credit scene of the sequel, you see Bill Murray and where he is when the zombie outbreak first starts. Do you want to go for Immediately after we... No, no. He's in, he's in like a movie studio doing an interview about Garfield. Ha! Unbelievable. And if you... Uh, so, you, just YouTube this as soon as we finish this because it's essential. Did you ever watch that film? Um, it wasn't very good in the end, but it was meant to be like a Purge-style kind of trapped in the office. Did you see this one? Do you, you know the film I'm referring to? No. It's essentially like a purge style, like anyone can get it. Um, What's it called? It just, I can't even remember. Is this but, not the one where they're taking the test, is it? No, they're, they're basically like these walls just kind of close over the building they're in and they've just got to kind of kill each other and it's like last man standing kind of thing. Um, office, just typing office killing film. 
There we go. Uh, the Belco experiment, it was called. Um, oh, God, no, by James it. Gunn, actually. An ordinary yeah. day at the office becomes a horrific quest for survival when 80 employees at the Belco Corp in Colombia learn that their pawns in a deadly game. Trapped inside their building, a voiceover and intercom tells the frightened staffers that two workers must be killed within 30 minutes. Another ultimatum follows. Friends become enemies and new alliances take shape as only the strongest will remain alive. 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb. It was a, it was a fun watch, but it, it, it was one where the trailer had you kind of hyped going in. Okay. No, but, no, uh, no. I was essentially going to say, essentially, he's got to fight his way out of this kind of movie studio. Um, yeah, okay. Killing zombies in all kind of different ways to get himself to freedom. But it, it, it's funny. Of course it's funny. It's Bill Murray. Yeah. And the link back to Garfield. But in this one... I wonder if he regrets it, that. I don't think he does, but I what, wonder. Garfield or Zombieland? Garfield. Uh, I'm sure he's I'm sure he's probably paid more than he's been for most films he's been in. Mm, don't know. He's a big man at one point. I'm thinking that's why they paid a big bucks for Garfield. Uh... No, I'm just saying we were all around more before. I'd have thought. He went away um, for a little while. So, do you think the fact that it is Bill Murray in this, if you were looking at it analytically, I don't know. I'm saying some odd things to if you were looking at it from the, the standpoint, would you deduce from that that they have to cover other people first and they got Bill Murray? Because yes. it seems an odd guy to go with, doesn't it? Can't it me? does. It works obviously very well. And perhaps he committed to it more than Joe Pesci or someone else would have. See, I think that's what you get that's what you get from Bill Murray. I do yeah. think that that's that's the thing. I don't think if you'd have said, Oh, do you think he was their first choice? I'd probably say no. But I think what they end up with is someone who will just who would have just rolled with it. I've actually looked, read the script and was like, "Yeah, it's decent. This is this is decent. This is funny. Let's, yeah. let's see what are you will you let me put my spin on it? Yeah, play around with it. All right, cool. I'm in. Let's go." I watched this Tuesday night, and I was thinking all Tuesday night about the fact that in his uh, Joe Rogan interview, Tarantino says how much he'd love to work with Bill Murray. Just... I would love that. What you would get from that just could be complete carnage. I think it would be unbelievable. Yeah. Maybe they could, oh, Gerald, like, uh, nobody, Bob Odenkirk, new yeah. thing. Give me a Tarantino, give me Tarantino directing <laughs> yeah. that with Bill Murray there. I want to see Bill Murray making me laugh, for making me laugh constantly, just being Bill Murray, but also just give him like a Mac yeah. 10 or something and just let him spray some people <laughs> yeah. up. Well, it is good in this. Like you saw what they were going to do with Patrick Swayze when they went through his films, and mm. they give you the kind of the full-on Ghostbusters one in this. <laughs> um, also cool with um, Woody Harrelson and the kind of excited fan of like the classics in every one of your films. And so I'm sure you get this all the time. Well, maybe not so much now, but Bill Murray is just like, yeah. Who? Uh, oh shit! What was I watching? I was listening to, oh my God, I can't remember what it was. I was listening to a pod the other day and they were talking about Bill Murray. Um, and it was someone having like a really embarrassing story about meeting him and then they got to work with him. Oh shit, I don't know what it was. No, I just will move. Don't worry. Oh, sure. Stripes. Listen to the, the Stripes rewatchable thing. There's a, oh, okay. there's a there's a scene in Stripes where Bill Murray gives the monologue and goes like, yeah, it was like, saw him, at, uh, saw him at a basketball game. And I was like, I've got to do it. Like, going to go and do it. He's like, walked up to him. Um, did the whole thing Bill Murray was just like 
like no context, just walked up and broke into him. Bill Murray's like, cool. Like really awkward. He's like, yeah, same. Like, well, cool, cool. Just walked off and he was like, so fucking embarrassed. And he was like, six, seven years later, he was like, I got a chance to actually work with Bill Murray um, on a film. And I was just like, I was going to say something to him. Like, oh, do you remember? And just to see, and he was like, there's, he was basically, he was just like, yeah, there's just no good answer. No, if he says no, it's fucking awful because it was a really horrible moment and he just doesn't remember it. So it's even worse because yeah. I've now got to remind him. But I've now got to put myself out there as that dick again. Or if he says yes, it's like, mm, yeah, that's not good either. <laughs> yeah. Well, the whole scene here, the, the way they do it where um young girl hasn't heard of Bill Murray. Um, sure. The fact that he compares him to Gandhi in this is also something where this is like having not heard of Gandhi, um, who she also hasn't heard of. Jesse Eisenberg saying, I'm going to give you an education. You're going to be watching Ghostbusters for the first time. Who are you going to call? Mm. And just the idea with Bill Murray having all these Ghostbusters props ready in his house for this exact moment that someone <laughs> may want to be playing dress just want to Just want to play Ghostbusters with him. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a very good scene. Like, it. Do you know Bill Murray sells golf clothing? He did what, sorry? He sells golf clothing. No, I didn't know. No, he's just got his own line of golf clothing, like golf, golf polos and stuff. Yeah. This means more to me him doing it than it would have with Patrick Swayze because I'm not as familiar, I've not watched. Well, it sounds like Ghostbusters, all of us saw it when we were growing up. But I like to Space Jam reference in this, but. Uh, mm. You don't quite get that. I mean, the Swayze ones they would have used, you would have seen the films, or you'd have seen yeah, the clip. You like the yeah. ghost film with the Potter, yeah. you've seen Dirty Dance, you've seen Roadhouse, where he's, you, know, you know bits of it, even if it's through whatever. But So I think but, I think you'd have got away with it. That Dirty Dancing lift, though, has been done so many times. Like There's only so many times we can see someone goes pick someone up and fall. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do love that song. So, so I'm glad it's someone a bit different. Fair. And then obviously the way that he goes out, um, much like should have happened earlier in the film in the supermarket. This time he he doesn't think twice. Acts on instinct, bam through, pulling in Mr. Murray, and he's like, I think I'm just Bill now. <laughs> Don't pretend that we have to stitch this up. <laughs> My bad. I was never a very good practical joker. Do you have any regrets, Garfield? Maybe. Ah, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not a good one. Even better that um, Wichita is laughing as he dies, and he's like, "I'm sorry." He just gets, me. he just gets me. It's really sad. <laughs> it's it's just so well done. They don't overdo it. They don't give you too much where it's like no, a moaning. Ah, 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 they give you like, almost. I mean, even just with Bill Murray being in it, they leave it enough where you could be asking for more. It's not like yeah. Oh, you too can long give me if you'd give me another scene like they go and then they for some fortune have as they run back into Bill Murray I'd be like hey I'd do that but like I guess from their perspective it's always leave you wanting more rather than give you too much Um, I have done a question what what do you think of theme parks by the way obviously we got our finale set in the theme park you don't like heights do you I do not like heights no like roller coasters though Okay, that was my question where I was going. Uh, or I don't know if I do know. I haven't been on a roller coaster since I was like no, 14, no, since so I was like 14, I've 15. Been, I've never been to Fort Park. I really want to go. I've never been to Fort Park. Been to Walton Towers a bunch. Been straight in Manor. The, 
Yeah, Drayton Manor is the one I've been to most. Um, when we were kids, this is a genuine one. Well, that well, we used to go to we used to go to Ireland. Um, one of the times we went over, <laughs> man, I don't know what don't know what this place was. It was it was like proper ragas. Yeah. Like, it was like it wasn't like a proper theme park. It was basically just a, it was a block of pop up one, mate. My dad took me, me and my sister, uh, and one of his cousins on a roller coaster. Fucking hell, it was like the most scared I've ever been in my life. It, <laughs> mate, this thing like looked rickety, and like you could feel it going. And it used to, it like it went, you went round about six times, and it like you were right over the roof of this Sainsbury's car park. I was convinced that was it. I, was like, I don't know. I must ask my dad after the pod to see how old I would have been. But like I was, I was young, mind, and like I still remember it now. I like, I, I genuinely, I don't think, like obviously, I don't think my thoughts would have been conscious and like no. as, as coherent enough to be like, Christ, this could be the end. But genuinely, like scared for your life. Just remember it now, mind. And me and my sister were, were fucking devastated. So I got mixed, mixed relationships. It's like um, when we went when we went to Disneyland as a kid, my dad wanted to go on Space yeah. Mountain. He's like, oh, I can't make car Space Mountain. I was watching it go up in the air. I was like, nah, I'm not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that there. So uh, me and my me and my mum what just went away. I just just sort of yeah. walked away. And he went on he went on Space Mountain about three times. He's like, yeah, that's great. I was like, no, nah, I'm not that guy, mate. I'm the going on it's called Apocalypto isn't it the one at Drayton Manor the tall one yeah 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 no it's also not my dad and he he hates heights but we went standing and just seeing his face was just Mm. something I couldn't never be able to forget it's like the first time sorry just like um, I was just thinking on it the first time I went back to Alton Towers the first ride I went on was um, Oblivion it was like like I went with my dad's best mate and and his kids Um, me and my brother went and like it was like, like, it, like sorry, sorry, when his name is loves roller coasters. Yeah. Like lives, lives for it, mate. Absolutely, like back, banging like Fort Park. He must have been to about fifteen times. I was, like loves it. So yeah, go on, we'll go. And he was like, hey, go on, get on this. <laughs> Jesus, Mary, mother of God. Honestly, creeping up loud. Like, oh, <laughs> I was almost in tears. It's a bit strange that I do like him, but it's the yeah. hype thing that kills me. Like Nemesis, oh, that's one of. I must have, I must have been on that about twenty times, genuinely. The thing with Fort Park is the fact that I haven't been that and the uh, Chessington World of Adventures used to have the best adverts when you were younger. Fort Park's adverts, mate, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, because they've always got something new as well, and they would always yeah. have some, like class advert for Fort Park in particular. Uh, yeah, I remember um, going. They were paying Don the, Draper uh, for that one. <laughs> we got on the Storm Force Ten, the water one at uh, Drayton Manor, mm. and. Um, my dad and he brought along um, one of his mates' uh, sons, who were me and my brothers knew, obviously. Yeah. And um, right at the the top point of uh, Stormforce Ten, where it kind of takes you slow before it sends you down. Yeah. He 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 started crying up there, saying it was too high. So it's a bit late now. I don't know what you want to be done here. I get that. I was like that uh, when I was on that Oblivion, looking down, and he, my little feet just jangling everywhere. I was like, who we? And he puked in the car on the way home. <laughs> the smell of sick is enough to like make make get me going. Oh, uh, fucking disgusting! Yeah. Absolute animal. Yeah. It was proper like it wasn't even like proper sick. It was like watery. Like, was it a hot horrible. day? Um, nice warm day really. for you. I can just remember. No, I don't. I don't think it was that hot. But lucky. The, just the smell of it just is. Yeah, it's too much. Um. Maybe, maybe the two of us will go on a pilgrimage to uh, Fort, to Fort Park. Park. Yeah. Shall I say it's, 
I'll be honest. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, mate. If we're going to give me a bit of notice, because I'm worried some of these will have a weight restriction these days. I need to. I need to. I need to knock out a few pounds. I was thinking that, but I didn't want to say it because uh, I mean it would affect me more so. So uh, I just prefer not to think about it. I don't know. I went to text you the other day just quickly whilst I got you. Weighed myself after the Euros for the first time in like six weeks. Yeah. You just tell yeah. yourself like it's like Christmas, like. <laughs> I, I've just I, been treating myself more melodies. No, no joke. I've put on twelve pounds in four weeks. Just pure drink. Just pure drink following England, and they didn't even win the fucking tournament. <laughs> what happens if you hadn't been quarantined for the Scotland game? Correct. And the Czech Republic. And uh, the Czech Republic game on the Tuesday. Okay. Mate, genuinely, I spent about a grand. Put on close to a stone. Didn't even win tournament. I saw um, <sighs> five hundred twenty thousand people got pinged on that app today. Oh, a couple did from work, mate. My boss is sundered, and he was supposed to be gone. So he, she just apparently was just mysteriously at home. So it's a lot of people, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, all right. If we go into the categories, mm. um, rewatchability for this hour and twenty-seven minutes. Like they must have nitpicked at this script until there was nothing they weren't entirely happy with. Well, yeah, especially it's hard for a comedy, as as we found out. You know, the other thing is with comedies is we sort of know when we we talk and we speak to people. Um, like everyone, like everyone, I know it's like a standard line, and it is what it is, and it's it's less impressive than people, sort of people want. But the improv, do you let them go with it? Because you let people run with it and stuff, don't you? So it's hard. You you have a script, but do you like if you're if you're a writer? I mean, take Bill Murray. Sorry, give you an example. If you've got Bill Murray yeah. in front of you, right? one of the best comedic actors of the last X Matt years, Joel, an absolute superstar yeah. at one point. Before comedy, right? I know he went away. Yeah. But if you've got Bill Murray, you've got to have a big set of bollocks on you. like, Bill, look, this is all I want from you. Nothing else. This is how I want you to deliver this and to be giving him those directions. So, we, so you have to... Have, sort of, do you know? They may have, with the kind of Ghostbuster bits, done a couple of bits there. It may have helped them, but... And I may be speaking out of turn here, but... Jesse Eisenberg, uh, Woody Harrelson, and that—they aren't traditionally comedy actors. So I don't know. Woody Harrelson was in Cheers. That was a that was just like a comedy yeah. comedian. Well, TV my show. thinking was, and he got a TV show. That's could probably be more scripted than. No, I know, but like, he's got he's got the background. This so if Emma Stone yeah, was in comedies before this, maybe they, yeah, maybe they felt they were happy to kind of stay within the refines of. Maybe it was also fairly early on in. Uh, the directorial career of um, Ruben Fleischer, however you say his name. So maybe he was just particularly uh, strict with it, especially if he's early on, that he might have not wanted to be kind of ran over and he may have been more strict with it. Yeah, might be. I want it to be my film sort of thing. Where did you get? So he did. Yeah, this is his first full film that he does. What's he done since? 30 Minutes or Less, which is an underrated comedy. I, like, I, really, I really like that film. Um, Gangster Squad. No. Oh. Uh, Sounds a full-on movies. Uh, Venom. Oh. Zombieland Double Tap. And he's doing the Uncharted movie. Oh, okay. He's Please. done other bits of TV shows he's done. Uh, episodes of Santa Clarita Diet, uh, Spaced Out, which was a TV movie, Superstore, 
Escape My Life, uh, four episodes of Funny or Die, uh, two episodes of Between Two Ferns with Zach Galifianakis. Mm-hmm. A short, quite simply called Masturbation. <laughs> and the music video for Electric Six Dance Commander. Electric so, Six. He's kept things pretty tight with the films he's done. That's a decent. It's a good lot of collection, isn't it? I know you're a big yeah. fan of gangsters. I know you're a big fan of gangsters. Yeah. So well, I want to watch Thirty Minutes or Less again soon because, like, I've not watched film. it in like over ten years. But I remember at the time thinking, "This is, this is great." Jesse Eisenberg again. It. I like Aziz Ansari. Uh, Danny McBride. Yeah. Uh, oh, can't not remember his name. Michael Payne is in there. Nick Swarsden. Hold on. Nick Swarsden. Nicked off my tongue. But it's one of them that used to be when Netflix used to have that uh, 90 minutes and under little section, and you'd always find it kind of uh, at the front of that. Do you know? Uh, sorry, just Electric Six randomly just released a single in the last two weeks. I didn't know that. I just know no. that uh, Jay Bar and Danger High Voltage. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly what I was looking at it for. Um, well, yeah, I won't be played a part. I might have to play Danger. Sorry, this is certainly very rewatchable, isn't it? Yes. Not taking up much time. You've got enough set pieces in there to look forward to, whether it's just getting to the Bill Murray bit, the rules Mm. at the start. Like, there's enough. The fact that they dropped the Bill Murray bit, dropped the dropped the Bill Murray bit in and around the middle of the sounds nice as well. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's 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 great, and they don't drag it out too long because. I think something we've said before when it was Shaun of the Dead and the less said about that, the better, because I think we'll only offend our audience. But uh, you can get numb to zombies, like, particularly when the whole point is focused around the zombies and the perils there. This yeah. is very much a character film and the zombies facilitate that. Like, yeah. Works very nicely. Um Best moment slash scene for you? Oh, the Bill Murray scene. Bill Murray? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, if we go through the quotes before we do the judging, um, gave you the Bill Murray one, uh, Garfield maybe. Mm. I've never hit a kid before. That's like asking you know, Gandhi is, who's Gandhi? <laughs> all the quotes I've down are from that Bill Murray scene. <laughs> Uh, no, 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 no. Let me bring out the old. Let me bring out the old notes. Six people left in the world, and one of them is Bill fucking Murray. I know that's not your middle name. I've been watching since I was like, since I could masturbate. Not that they're connected. <laughs> I do agree with that. I hate coconut, not the not the taste, the consistency. I do really agree with that. Uh, I don't like. I don't like, like all like, things either. I don't like the taste of coconut either. No. I'm not a big fan, but. Where are you, you spongy yellow delicious bastards? Also, <laughs> Twinkies are dead. Are they? they oh, yeah. one. Talk about consistency. No, sir. What it's are they like in my head? I may it's be stodgy them, and it's really like the most artificial cream. Like, it almost it's like a paste and it, it, you can feel it on the roof of your mouth. It's sticky. It's you know, horrid. In my head, I was thinking, you know, um, like the uh, plain Swiss rolls you get, so not the chocolate one, but mm. the plain one. That's what I was picturing it to be like. No jam, uh, no jam is one I had. Uh, but also take like that thing, like take the Swiss roll, take the cheap test, cheap Tesco value yeah. of them, right? 
make the cream have less oh, no, actual cream in it. Yeah. And that is it. It's not nice. Okay. Um, my brother, my, there used to be a shop in um, Cheltenham that sold American sweets. Yeah. In the regional arcade, and my brother bought some from there. He's gone all the time. What's the other one he used to buy? He used to buy Pop Tarts as well. Oh, yeah. Sean used to love them. Never tried one. one. The first things he used to ask me when uh, I used to work at the co op, and it would be Sean asking me if they did Pop Tarts, like when he didn't have barely the Numi. Well, not mm. barely Numi, but not to the level we do now. Yeah. Um, I'm really sorry. She was like a crouching tiger. You got taken hostage by a 12 year old. Well, girls mature faster than boys. She's way ahead of uh, where I was. That. Are you one of those guys that tries to one up everyone else's story? No, I knew a guy way worse than that than me. Way worse <laughs> than that than me. Great job. Great job. And I got Bill Murray's last breath. Uh, you're a peppy little spitfuck. <laughs> Don't know what it means. Just makes me laugh. That may have been something he improvised, to be fair. Presumably. MVP of this film, Woody Harrelson? Yes. Best side character, it's got to be Bill Murray, hasn't it? Yep. There isn't much to choose from, it's either him or 406, basically. For the answer, that's the record, that's my answer for when we do the judging. Um, well, we'll do the judging now. Oh, so, okay. if we go back, and if we start with, which film did you prefer? Uh, Avengers. Which film was more rewatchable for you? Zombieland. I also agree. Uh, best moment slash scene. It's the end of Infinity War. I think I'll go the opening of Infinity War. So on a okay. similar page. I feel. I feel. Best quote. Uh, it's the Bill Murray thing. It's the Bill. Bill is Woody Harrelson talking about Bill Murray. Mine would be. Uh, what did it cost? Everything. Okay. Or I really like yesterday. You should have gone for the head. I was watching that. Um, MVP. I'm going Thanos. Thanos. Yeah. Best side character. I think we're going to be pretty uh, similar for the way down this. Uh, Bill Murray. Difficulty of adventure. The Avengers. Visual appeal. The Avengers. Best soundtrack. <sighs> yeah, I think the Avengers again. Yeah. I don't have much memorable in terms of soundtrack from uh, Zombieland. Uh, I've had the Avengers theme in my head since watching it last night. Mm. Uh, originality. Zombieland. Bigger impacts, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just get that. <laughs> uh, best opening scene. So you're taking the rules of Zombieland or the... Uh, yeah, it's scene. Infinity War, mate. Uh, best ending. It's also Infinity War. Yeah. And best chemistry. You know... I want to say I'm going to say Zombieland. I don't know, realise that's sacrilege, and people will probably be anyone who's no, listening probably I shouting, shouting and screaming. Boys. But I, I, I can judge. I can. So, I, my thinking of it is, is it's to do with like the close knitness of the group. If it's an other Avengers film, I think the chemistry is more. But this is such an ensemble, and so many of the main characters are only on screen for such a short amount of time. That's for me. Why it goes to Infinity War because okay. they do so, well so much does, with so little, yeah, okay, kind of blending together and it is seamless. So, I, think, I don't need to give much suspense as to which way this one went. Um, this go 9 3 to Infinity War, which does feel harsh. Um, if we weigh up 
the enjoyment I've had for Zombieland in comparison to other films that have done better. Um, all about the matchups. Down the bracket, yeah, that's it's about as tough as it gets i think yeah you um, are fight this is an absolute heavyweight like strong start ending the mvp is more powerful than probably any other character that we're doing in the bracket mm. um also happens to be played by josh brolin does because yeah. there does is a thing because actually as a performance yeah it's still pretty fucking stellar yeah it's got moments um the difficulty of adventure is trying to stop the most powerful guy on earth they also travel across like three planets yeah so even the side characters like this is probably one of the few that beats it like it's stacked there it's it's like it was made for our bracket mm-hmm. um so that will go on to face the winner of uh thor ragnarok against national treasure next week i do like national treasure so, uh, you know, we're privy to some uh, Nick Cage on the pod. So uh, we'll have that too. Just to go through, finally, our, our final questions. Uh, mad that there's only three weeks left of the first round here. Um, and then we do have something special planned for the next bracket, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. We'll save that. Uh, for, those of you in, for those of you intrigued, we have something special planned for pod number 100 as well. Yeah, well, we referenced that previously as well. Oh, have we <laughs> dropped that, have we? I, I hyped it up last week um, oh. when we mentioned Batman. Okay. Well, they was... didn't have the same enthusiasm as I did, but we'll put it down to a rough week for Jack and Sean. Mm. Whether they turn up for episode 100 could be a whole nother, uh Maybe another that question. will make episode 100 special. <laughs> um, real star of the film in Infinity War do you give it to Josh Brolin in a film this stacked? Yes. I, I agree. Um, Iron Man's obviously the guy that they kind of push out there um, for, from the Avengers standpoint, but Thanos is what you think of when you think mm-hmm. of uh, Infinity War. Um, Zombieland, who do you take as the star? Woody Harrelson. Sure. I think I take Jesse Eisenberg as the guy I think of when I think of Zombieland. Oh uh, no, it's, yeah, it's actually Woody Harrelson. Uh, in fact, if that if you're doing on who you think of, yeah, it's Bill Murray. Oh no, that's just my way of who I think kind of like yeah. American Pie. I think of Stifler like. Yeah, this this film I think of Bill Murray. Uh, yeah. Um, recast in one role, uh, I would have quite liked the Megan Fox as four or six in this. Um, well, just would have. Well, now I saw it, I wouldn't like her as Emma Stone's role. Uh, recast in one role ah, you're going to hate this but it's Eisenberg that goes Why me? or maybe maybe Abigail Breslin I think she's the easiest to replace but then finding the replacement is a bit harder yeah, if you're sticking really good, with being, uh, being young she has more, she's more of a star in the second film yeah um, yeah it's tough like I don't know who I would go for? Do you, what do you think um, Peter Dinklage thought when I don't know the correct phrasing to use there, so I'll just skip it. But essentially, when they make him the tallest character in the entire film, like, do you think he? Well, come on, what are you doing to me? Maybe, but I doubt it. Peter, Dink- to be honest, Peter Dinklage seems like a fucking pretty great guy. 
Yeah. I feel like he would have been okay with it. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he's been definitely okay with it, but just odd one. Um, I think he's done, and this sounds really terrible. I think we, uh, we'll, we'll avoid it if it's going to sound terrible. No, because I don't mean it's been insulting. Proportionally, was it easier? Well, they say this is like the hardest thing these filmmakers have done across the whole Marvel universe is creating that character. They say the kind of the angles and yeah. the science it took behind kind of making the CGI work was insane. So, hmm. um, if the cast swapped, which film works best? You struggle to do both with both. You've yeah. got too much of Zombieland and you've not got enough for uh, Infinity I War. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's all, uh, Infinity War into Zombieland works better because you'd be fine. You could just put more yeah. zombies in. Yeah. If you take if you take away if take away the bad guys in Infinity War, it's not really a war, is it? No. Um, if you had to add Hayden Christensen or Christian Slater, which would it be? Give me a Hayden Christensen in Zombieland so someone can shoot him. <laughs> Sick of his disrespect. <laughs> Do you want to disrespect Renner? And then you're going about for Christensen. Well, Christensen's done less to be disliked. <laughs> That's even worse. There's not. He's done less and he's disliked. more disliked. Oh, no. Sorry, he's done less and he's more disliked. Renner's been active. There's a reason Christensen's done less. Uh, blacklisted for making too good of a film with Jumper. I actually do like that film, but he is not great in it. If you had to add Harrison Ford or Paul Rudd, well, we've got Paul Rudd. No, yeah, well, actually, take... not in Infinity War, but oh uh, no, uh, you can just add him to yeah, Infinity no, War. Yeah, you just drop him in as a cameo yeah. for five minutes. Um, Harrison Ford, where does he go in Zombieland? Probably Bill Murray's role. Don't ever say that again. Well, that's what you do. You have like deception, um, whipping something. Um, yeah, I know you're right. And then one one of them chucking on the leather jacket and jumping around with a with a blast or a pistol, yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, I got it. Maybe doing um, some quotes from the fugitive. Which low key piece of memorabilia would you take from the movie? I would really like Woody Harrelson's hat. Avengers probably take one of the masks, maybe uh, Spider Man or Black Panther's mask. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you. I'm gonna ask you for another one because we. You've literally just rehashed your answer from last week. Well, there's a lot that seem that's not low key. Like I'd love an Iron Man suit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty be pretty good. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, mind that myself. I'd like uh, love the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, that would be nice. To be fair, I, don't, I think we could take that as low key in comparison to some of the things that we've had previously. Like it's not made out of gold. Like, I mean, you don't know that. Films, it probably is made of gold, but. It's quite a grandiose item, mate. I'm going to assume it's made out of gold. I might be wrong. I'm sure this somewhere might be described somewhere in a Marvel comic somewhere, and someone might wish to correct us. But um, yeah, Woody Harrelson's hat, I'm definitely hung up on. I'd love one of them. Don't think I could rock it, but I'd give it a go. I'd like to do the bit where, do you know, where you're falling asleep in the chair and you tilt the brim down. Yeah. Can yeah. I have. I feel like Bill Murray's TV might be too high key. If I can have one of the Jeez. cinema chairs from his uh, yeah cinema thing, mm-hmm. that'd be good. I could do our interview sat in one of them. Mm. Not my favourite memorabilia I've picked yet. Um, 
And this one, I think, is easier after what we said previously. If you had to make a spin-off TV series in the world of one of the films, which would it be? We've got TV series already from Marvel. (laughs) And the Zombieland one, we both said we liked the idea of. Yeah, I'd really get on board with it, I'll be honest. Yeah. So uh, we'll take that. But that does just about do us for today. Um, We'll see whether we've got people back next week for Ragnarok versus National Treasure. I'm sure in particular it's National Treasure, so uh, maybe Come that'll on. charm him back in. Um, Avengers goes through. Three weeks left to round one as we continue our quest to determine the best adventure movie. Thanks for listening. We'll be back. Goodbye.